Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 3D6. Down the line. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to 3D6 Down the Line. It is episode 35, folks, of the Halls of Art and Vool Mega Dungeon using the old school essential system by Gavin Norman, Necrotic Gnome, the Halls of Art and Vool courses by the one and only Richard Barton. So uh, we are rocking and rolling. Uh, hope everyone was managed to get a quick look, see, or a quick look, a quick listen to our new segment called Tack On Effects, where David and I actually had a one on one. Of bookkeeping, where we went over the uh, spells and scrolls that has have been accumulated over the past number of sessions with Onward not having a spell book, so not having the ability to read magic and decipher all those. Well, he does now, and he has spent um, three days at the end of the Broken Head reading, deciphering, and uh, scribing where he was able the uh, the the few illusionist spells that he was able to sift out of all of those. Um, so, if you haven't checked that out. Uh, you should definitely go check out that video or that podcast um, and let us know what you think about it. Sort of a new experiment for us, but sort of self-contained bookkeeping mini episodes um, so that they don't take away from the bulk of adventuring, which happens in the main episodes like this guy. So uh, go check that out. In the meantime, it is the 25th of Ligarios. It is about 2 p.m. Um, and we're kind of going back in time here. This is before on where actually starts to study his stuff. Um as you know from last time, what's that? Um, we introduce John. ourselves, John. Yeah, huh? someone someone is dead to us, and we haven't had a chance to. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose all dead to John. But, you know. <laughs> I suppose I can't do this without the players. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, yeah, Mike is Mike is dead. A lot of time. Yeah, my name's John. By the way, um, <laughs> hi John. Hi <laughs> John. Nice and to meet you. I'm the referee for the evening. Mike is dead to us, but uh, continuing on, like, who do we is have? Is this like an AA thing? I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Who's next? Oh, it's me. Uh, yeah. I'm, my name's David. I uh, have been drinking for many years, and I'd like to know. Uh, uh, I'm Onware <laughs> the Illusionist, uh, uh, causer of many uh, uh, troubles. Oh, uh, <laughs> you guys are really bad. This is why I skipped you. All the riffing, and immediately I lost my my nerve. You know, so there it is. I am uh, I am also oh, David, yeah. as you can tell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, actually, actually, I'm Matt, and I play uh, Avaricios, the left hand of Lysion, well, left left hand of Lysion, and fifth level cleric, and I'm ready to go. And I'm Ted. I'm playing Mortis J. Gobliano, Goblin Level 4. And I'm thinking about uh, branching out into Bard. And so I've written you a poem, John. Oh, you really? Ooh. Okay. Uh, just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fellowship that started out in Gosterwick for an adventure trip. There was a mighty delving dwarf, a cleric, brave and bold. A couple others started out that day to search <laughs> <and> gold. 
Love it. The adventure started out quite rough. One died on session three. If not for the rule about retainers, we'd have never met Squeegee. The <laughs> all over town with Gorind, Avaricius too, the illusionist and his knife. The goblin <laughs> and Yost here in Ardenvul. That's, That's my, my hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. completely un, uh, unspont my totally spontaneous poem that I've just written for you. Wow, that came out of your head like that. Man. That's amazing. <laughs> that is next level. All right, so now I, I see. Now I see why hard. you guys were so butthurt about me skipping your uh, your introductions. Ah, <laughs> yeah, so we're ready for stuff. <laughs> we were loaded for bear, and then you just skipped mm. right over us. My, my poem, my beautiful poem. I just get so excited. All right. Uh, now, back back to the action here. Right. Okay. So you, the end of the broken head is um, hopping with a number of different people and, and interests and groups and stuff like that. So we have the Knights of the Azure Shield are walking around. We have the Wine Dark Mercenaries have been hired by the inn staff to help... Uh, to help uh, fortify the inn itself. We have a number of peddlers and merchants with lots of different adventuring wear. We have the arrival adventuring party, uh, the Five Fingers, we're uh, up at the bar, and the inn staff and the Wine Dark cohort are busy uh, putzing around the yard and boarding up the windows and um, uh, even thinking about building palisades and all that sort of stuff, all because they are under the impression that Wick Trimmer, uh, that a nefarious leader, uh, the nefarious and mysterious factor head factor of the um of the uh, uh rarities and antiquities uh uh factor is after them which is not true but they don't know that so um, weird i yeah. don't know how they ever got that impression quite frankly <laughs> uh so the pcs had determined that their plan uh, right now is to spend three days of downtime here at the inn in order for uh, two things to happen simultaneously. One, for Onweir to decipher the scrolls and spellbooks and um, incorporate what he could into the spellbooks. That has been taken care of in the previous video, as I discussed. At Simultaneously, at the same time, the rest of the party will be um, reading the literary works that they stole out of the Library of Thoughts as well to determine what they are. Um, normally, we I could just... I could just relay that to them privately on a Google document or something like that. But this is important information. So we want everyone to sort of uh, know it, including you guys. So um, why don't we do that? There are some of these books that are actually only in Mithric, but David is not spending like 24 hours. Onweir is not spending like 24 hours a day, like reading these spell books. So any ones that are Mithric, I'm just going to hand wave and say that Onweir is able to help you translate them. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds great. Okay. I am very happy to offer my tutelage to these plebes. Excellent. Uh, as long as you do the vo funny voices when you read, because I love it when you do that. Mm -hmm. He it's acts out the characters thing, and everything. You know? yeah. Oh, yes. He always does the voices. Okay, so first order of business. Onweir, give everyone an update of exactly what your spellbook is contains. All right. Uh, including the ones that I had before, my yeah. current spellbook uh, has, in the first level, uh, chromatic orb. Do, do what I did before. Chromatic orb. Color spray. <laughs> Dancing lights. Ooh, they dance. Uh, also light. A bit confusing. You know, let's talk to the, the original designers of this silly game. Uh, phantasmal force. Uh, read magic. Cleophalluses. Look away spell. A little something special. I'll explain in a minute. And the Bracteros effect. Another little something. In the second level slot, I have 
brain full of small spiders. Something I have experienced many times. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. That's so good. That's <laughs> mirror <good>. image. <laughs> Improved phantasmal force. And in, and, and in the third level spot, though I cannot uh, uh, cast any of these, John has allowed me to go ahead and scribe them. I have fear. Ooh. Rope trick. Ooh. <laughs> detect invisibility. Detect illusion. Dispel magic. And suggestion. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to read the unique spells, John, or do you want to uh, do that? Or let's let's save them until like you memorize them and or bring them bring them to bear. Um, Sounds good. But they are very juicy. Um, they are uh, unique to Art and Vool, and they're pretty darn cool. So uh, yeah, so David is fourth level. So when he attains his next level, he will have access to those third level spells. I house rule the ability for um, as long as it's in. Uh, in a class, the spells are in a class uh, that you can possibly know that you can scribe them into your spell book. You just cannot cast them until you reach that level of power. Um, that is a house rule, however, in case anyone wants to get in my ass about that. Um, <laughs> there's Ted. <laughs> um, all right. You got I'm the spells. Just curious whether there's an improved brain full of spiders or whether it would be brain full of improved spiders or greater improved brain spiders i mean there's really the possibilities are endless on that. Well, well, tell, let tell me tell up. you I'll yeah. tell, <laughs> oh. little do you know that uh uh while everyone loves you know around art of Vool, the talk of the town is brain full of small spiders you know <laughs> creeping creeping and crawling across your right. uh uh your your lobes should they not be too smooth which mm, you know, Gorin, Gorin, Gorin is a question mark, and we'll put it that way. Uh, oh. the, 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 the fourth level version of this spell is called Brainful of Large Spiders. Oh, there different. we go. A little yeah. different. Yeah. So and... here's what I'm wondering about that spell. If you cast that spell on a spider, is it like a good thing? Is the spider going to be like, oh... That's a you good get, point, uh, actually. You get brainful of onware, I think. Yeah, it's like, like you know, yeah, spider with babies, you know? Real real existential thing for them. Um, okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, uh, and also before we hit the books as well, um, there was talk on the Discord about you guys wanting to renegotiate uh, wages for the henchmen. Um, did you want to do that so that it's a little bit more reasonable? Right now you are paying an exorbitant daily fee um with very few of them actually taking a share of treasure did you want to change that up yeah so so what i was originally thinking when i offered this exorbitant fee right was <laughs> that a she was gonna die like there was no way that this torch bearing drink slinger was gonna live and so i wanted to like send her off to a better place at least <laughs> with the promise of of great riches sure um she had the uh the gall to live the audacity. And actually, and actually become kind of cool. And uh, now she's, uh, I think we talked about last time, she took her first level in, uh, uh, as, as a druid. Like, uh, you know, she has got some, uh, some uh, history dancing around naked out in the forest. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so I want to like renegotiate our deal now that she's more of a real adventurer. She's had a little taste of it to uh, change it from the, uh, the 10 gold pieces per day to uh a half share. Okay. Of you know, a half share of the treasure, whatever we whatever we bring out. Okay, so here's here's what the the typical 
OSE way of doing this is, is basically like the, the standard rate for normal adventures of low level is like one gold per day. Um, uh -huh. and then, and, and, and a half share of treasure. That's where like, the Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to stiffer. I'll, I'll do the, the gold and a, and a okay. share too. Okay. So here's the deal. The ones that are outside of that normal thing for, for reasons are, um, are, uh, Yost and Njal. Njal has a, has a debt to you. So he's basically yeah. outside the rules completely. Um, Yost is uh not receiving a wage right now he is receiving a half share of treasure and that's mostly because yost is is not like a uh, like a retainer in world right we're making him mort's retainer but he's technically like his own man you know what i mean like he's he's not serving mort right in any capacity codswallop is but but uh yost is not so those guys are do not have to enter this conversation unless you want them to um uh but elizabeth codswallop and atticus all are down for 10 gold per day with a half share of treasure. Um, Samantha doesn't have a rate um, that I that we have noted, although maybe you have notes, David. I'm not really sure. But um, I'm just thinking, like, to make things easy you should, uh, for us, for bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff, is just to make the same rate for everybody. Um, yeah, because they'll get, they'll get pissed if they talk to one another and find out. Exactly, that's yeah. Fair. That's fair. So what do, you wanna, what do you want to give them, all those people? Um, uh, I guess we were, we were thinking, well, shoot, like we, we, I like the extra loyalty of paying a little bit better. Um, wait, like two, two gold a day plus, a, plus the half share. That's fine. Like, like I said, okay. like, I am not going to look yeah. like, I'm not going to view it in world as if you're like, we were paying you 10. Now we're just paying you two. come along and, you know, like, I'm just oh. giving it like a, a, a wash, like a start over. So, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm not asking you, pal. I'm asking my party members because I'm spending their gold, not yours. Oh, gotcha. That's yeah. true. Well, I mean, I think uh, this is a reasonable time to renegotiate anyway, since the original thing we hired Elizabeth Atticus and Codswallop for was not expected to be particularly high on loot. We were going down to just try and get a spell book back. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now we're going to start delving again. So we'd be like, okay, let's, let's negotiate a delving contract rather than a, you know, a smash and grab contract. Mm -hmm. So offering uh, loot at this point rather than straight up pay, I think would be very reasonable. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I will say that on the over the long haul, uh, the half share of treasure could be more expensive for us. You know, yeah. Um, like ten ten golds a lot. I grant you, we probably were got a little carried away there, um, but. You know what? How long have we been actually playing this in game? A few weeks, right? Like I think at most, months, right? So, right. like that'd be three hundred gold at ten gold a day, right? So, one one single delve could come up with a half share that's that much. You know what I mean? Right. So, sure. well, it's, all of them, all of them would would want a share, like you know, or some some sort of share. share of treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay then. Well, that's what we'll do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's fine. And plus, we are going to bring this place dry. This is our sponge, guys. That's just waiting. For, all we got to do is squeeze. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's go across the board, except for Yost and Yall. Um, two gold per day and a half share of treasure. Okay. And I do. I do. I do think, like you know, maybe after the next delve or two, like I, I don't know, uh, like how Nyal is feeling, but I don't want it. I don't want him ever to feel like he's taken advantage. 
Like right now, yeah, he feels like he has this debt for chopping chopping some guy's hand off, but I don't want, you know, well, let's put it this way. Av is going to like be carefully watching y'all to make sure that like, you know, he's happy where oh, yeah. he is. And I think soon is going to be the time where we start like, um, uh, he, he, paying, he's, he's completely happy because uh, you're pay, basically paying for his meals and um, you're also uh, outfitting him as well. So um, anything that he actually needs on his person as far as personal goods, he does expect you to provide that for him. Uh, in, in return, though, he's going to uh, determine the, the time and when his debt is repaid. But, of course, I think we will know that when it occurs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have every intention of keeping you uh, healthy, happy, and well-supplied, well my friend. You are, right. you are. He goes, he's like, tip me. I appreciate that. Um, don't mind telling you, I'm a little bit freaked out that the hand I cut off is now in the in the wizard's pack over there. <laughs> okay, yeah, it feels really, weird. really weird. <laughs> I've got the, I, I, I do wonder if there's some way, like, we could, I, I don't know. I, there Maybe there's some hand tape in the bag. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So, so, I think I have it like strung up uh, from the ceiling while I'm studying during this, this whole, <laughs> whole period of time. The, whole yeah, the kinda, like, like, this? like a holly in a, in a door frame, you know? You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's not that it made yeah. a back scratcher out of it. It's 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 sort of a it's a good it's a good it's a good luck charm. Oh my god, yeah, dude! Yeah. If you made a back scratcher out of your thing, <laughs> that's actually awesome, Ted. Dude. <laughs> um, That'd be the most morbid so shit gonna, ever. It is very morbid. So we're going to go to two gold pieces a day and half share for Elizabeth, Codswallop, and Atticus, and Samantha, who's currently only getting one gold piece a day and a half share. Is that cool with you, Yeah, uh, I mean, there's we got to keep her happy because she's she's the only one other than us right now. Oh, and Yost, who knows about the spaceship? Like that that yes, number has been like dropping and dropping. Not yep. our fault. Yep. Well, some of it was our fault. Yeah. No, and she doesn't. Uh, yeah, she doesn't seem to be holding that over your head or anything like that. She seems like she's very loyal and uh, you know, and, and honest. You know, she's she's yeah. like a straight up retainer, like like the the most pure. Like you know what I mean? Like she's she's seen some shit with you guys. Um, she uh, hasn't broken out of that mold in any sort of narrative form. Um, but she's just she's seen a lot more. She's seen as much as Yost has basically. And we've okay. gotten her some some amazing stuff too. Yes. Like that, she she has every reason to stay with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is so, completely reliant on her loyalty score to Onweir. That's that's what she that's what her loyalty is based on is is the mechanic basically. Um, okay. Okay. Now so the um, so the, the the new contract date would be the twenty fifth of Lagarios, or is it the twenty sixth now? Twenty twenty fifth. Yeah, we're doing this good afternoon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that works. So they are paid out up till now. Gotcha. Um, and for those who always wonder about our process or something like that, we have uh, Ted has made an actual just a Google sheet. It's a treasure tracker. Um, and one of the tabs, one of the sheets that he has, along with all the other stuff that we track, is the uh, terms and conditions of, of the of the henchman. I mean, it's just no one well, reads it. No yeah. one ever reads. The terms I read it. <laughs> Believe me, I pay attention. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, if you want to know how to do that, it's just a simple little Google sheet. Um, OK, so now to the books. Shall we? Uh, all right. So you go up to your rooms. I assume you don't want to do this out in the common room. You don't want to like advertise with the five fingers that you've got all these wonderful works. Although don't forget that they did notice that you were hauling back treasure. Um, so you well, to be fair, John, we had one sack and the one like shrouded disco ball under yeah. a thing. So it yeah, wasn't but on like we were was like, while we were doing this with the sack. Yeah. Right. And the, and you guys were like hauling this big ass thing. What I'm, my point is that they, they, they understand that something valuable was brought back. Okay. Um, 
Uh, they don't know what it is, but anyways, you secret yourself up in your rooms, um, and you pull out the books and you begin to read. Um, uh, I will let you guys determine which uh, which order you want to go, unless you just want me to go down the list I have. It's up to you. If there's something that interests you immediately. I want to read about mud, John. Tell me all about mud. The value of mud. Actually, I actually do agree. I really was curious about that one. Yeah, it's the it's the most mysterious one of the bunch. <laughs> Absolutely. Not only the most mysterious, but um, as you read the contents and you realize what it contains, you also realize that it is the most valuable book. Um, the the only one that uh, equals it or uh, close to equals it is the um, summon, Summoning from Beyond. The other ones are much lesser in value, although they're all valuable, but just, these two are the ones that are sort of like, like whoa, like you, you've never even seen or heard of, the, of these before. So, um, So the value of mud is number one. So what I'm going to do for each of these books right off the bat is to just give you a GP value in these. All of the GP values of these books is already incorporated into the last XP haul you had. So um, just be aware that you don't even expect this as XP. You've already gotten it. Um, but uh, if you want to sell them to antiquarian book dealers specifically, that means Gosterwick, um, this is what you could get for it. Okay? Okay. Okay. So the value of mud is worth 2,500 gold. It goes down from there. So just letting you know you're blowing your load right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> this is, um, it is written in Mithric. Onward has to translate it. It's a codex. It's about four by nine by four in, in inches. Weighs about three pounds. It's made out of parchment leaves and wooden boards. Um, it is a book that details the process. Oh, it's, it's by, um, the author is a man by the name of Herodian the Blessed. H-E-R-O-D-I-A-N, the Blessed. The book that details the process of using uh, sorcery to create mud people. Oh, what? the procedure works as followers as follows: a magic user of twelfth level or higher must spend five thousand gold in rare ingredients per hit die, um, and they spend two full, do full two full days conducting rituals, and uh, you have to cast a certain number of spells into it and all that sort of jazz, but. The end process is that you actually create two to five mud people that obey the commands of the creator. So it's and mud people are like a new um, monster that's in the Ardenville book, and so it's like sort of like almost like a tome of Gollum creation, but specifically these mud people make your own familiars, classic wizard sort of stuff. Um, extremely rarefied, forbidden magic sort of thing. Ooh, I okay. love it. And um, these th we would never have heard of this, right? Like nope. this is wackadoo. Okay, extremely rare. Yeah. So Esoteric. reading the book, uh, you said it was what, like 5,000 gold pieces to create two to five mud people? Well, I'll be honest. I'm reading that straight out of the description, and that description was made uh, for first edition AD&D. Um, and so I very well may uh, lower those numbers and requirements based upon the needs of BX. So don't take that. Right. Don't take that point. But it, but uh, to sum it up, paraphrase it is that it gives you the very specific instructions about what to do to create these mud people. But you must right. be a magic user. Right. So, but here's the reason I was asking was if they're very expensive to make, we like, if we were to encounter someone who had a thousand mud people, we're talking, this dude is crazy rich to begin with. Right. Yes. But so a, a more likely scenario is we might run into someone with 10 mud people or something like that. Second question, does the book explain how to undo a mud person? Like, Oh, the mud, mud, you must be very careful as the mud people are highly susceptible to bicarbonate of soda or something crazy. I would say know? so, yeah. It gives you like a full workup of what these things are, 
um, like the plane they come from, what gives them animate life, all that kind of stuff. And it gives you the means to have total control, which I would assume to mean their destruction as well. They're... Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So if, if we ever needed to, um, uh, let's say stab a mud, a mud person in the neck, this book, and would, <laughs> this book, I've this never book used a knife that it anyone's would, seen. <laughs> it would tell you, it would tell you if a knife would be effective. But the thing is, yeah. is like all the instructions for how to like um, destroy them are based upon already having control of them. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. That did that did immediately. Uh, that sidebar comment did make me realize that I don't know if anyone in the party has actually s technically they saw the uh, ISO die, but they didn't see me kill Blondbeck, right? They just found no. him dead. Uh, no, I I was in the room. He was. I know you all. You guys were storming. I was. I was. I killed him in battle. Well before you guys got it. I'm just, just curious. Okay. Putting that back in my head. Moving on. Onward was actually the only one flying around rogue at that point. The rest of us were in a in a in a squad or whatever. In a pitch uh, battle. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyways, next cool. book. Okay. Um well, I picked one. Matt, David. Let's roll let's roll them out. Oh, uh, I, I well, I, I'm a little bit biased, but I'm very curious about the uh the two volume set on uh uh uh, Laryl one hand or Laryl one eye. Sorry, oops, little slip. Yep. Uh, Tales of Laryl one eye. Yeah. So um, this is. Uh, let's see where we got here. Deluxe. Okay, so you actually have one of the deluxe illuminated two volume sets. Um, they are in Mythic Codex form. Uh, quite large, fourteen by twenty six by four. Big. Um, uh, they weigh eleven pounds for the deluxe version. Or parchment with embossed leather, red leather bindings uh, for the deluxe version. And so you got the, basically, they're stories of Laryl, right? Um, uh, and those, you guys have grown up with those stories throughout the Archontian Empire. When you realize you were in the room where Laryl was supposedly interred, uh, his remains, or his goods anyways, um, it, you immediately knew once you kind of pieced it together, like, oh, yeah, Laryl, got it. Um, so uh, you learn by reading the story, th these tales that Laryl's, Exploits mostly come at the expense of figures who obviously deserve their comeuppance. It's very much like a Robin Hood sort of thing. Um, uh, they also take place mostly in the world of the common folk, for whom Laryl can appear as a as a Robin Hood-like figure. There you go. Uh, so this, they are careful to note here that unlike Jacinth the Rose, therefore, who is sometimes erroneously assumed to be his sister, Laryl is a true folk hero of the common people. Um, his famous green linen cap, his ancient patch cloak of many colors, his stiletto-like dagger. As you're reading this, you're like, I can't believe we had these things. <laughs> uh, the and his simple Wait, we cotton. We didn't get the hat, did we? You did not. And his simple cotton sack. Um, all of those items feature heavily in every one of the tales. Uh, there are about 133 different tales. The this um, deluxe codex contains about 20 to 30 of them. So even this deluxe codex doesn't contain like all of the multitude of all of his tales. So there are uh, a couple of, uh, of note here. Uh, just real quick uh, paraphrase. Laryl and the farmer's wife. He tricks a cold-hearted farmer's wife into feeding. This, uh, this actually might be good fodder for you, uh, Abricios. I, I'm taking notes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to whip him off relatively fast, but don't worry. Like off screen, we'll, we'll get full notes. Um, Laryl and the farmer's wife. Laryl tricks a cold-hearted farmer's wife into feeding a group of hungry farmhands. Laryl and the wolves. He produces a chicken from a sack so as to distract wolves. 
Lair on the laundry. He uses his cloak as a quilt to conceal himself from an angry husband. Classic. Uh, Laryl the Hungry, he cleverly spikes four apples on his dagger while distracting the innkeeper with a card trick. Um, Laryl the Lucky, he absconds from the castle of the wizard Tilgo with the latter's spell book in his sack and Tilgo's daughter by his side. Uh, Laryl and the Three Bugbears. Captured by three bugbears, Laryl keeps them occupied by arguing about how best to cook and eat them. When the bugbears kill each other, Laryl walks off with their stuff. Um, Laryl and the Archon's sister. Laryl seduces the sister of an Archon over a sumptuous banquet and is arrested. In jail, he manages to produce the key to the cell from his sack and then escapes. Laryl the Legionary. Uh, Laryl and the Legionary. Laryl joins the Legion because he's hungry and wants the three... I heard three that, by the way. What's that? The key to the jail cell in the sack is a very specific use case that we should all think about. Sorry to interrupt, John. <laughs> That's that a is a, an incredibly useful use case. <laughs> yep, I caught that one too. Uh, Laryl and the Legionary. Uh, Laryl joins the Legion because he's hungry and wants the three square meals per day, but he finds the work too difficult. While on guard duty, he persuades a farm lad to try on his equipment and then saunters off. And lastly, uh, Laryl the Priest. Laryl produces priestly garments and ritual objects from his sack so as to disarm and fool a mob of angry townsfolk from whom he has borrowed several goats. So that's just a sampling of, uh, of Laryl's exploits back in the day. So he basically okay. measures up to everything that you, that, uh, you kind of assumed. And cool. nothing, uh, nothing surprising. No, no, like little notes in the book, like extra sheet. Okay. Mm. Any, uh, anything uh, specific about the uh, the hat? No, we know about the cloak, the dagger, and the uh, the, the 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 sack. I don't remember a hat being even in the room necessarily, but if we need to go back and look for his legendary hat, we could. It's more like his um. It's more like a uh, signifying amongst all the other gear as well. More of like just like a, everyone recognizes him by his hat sort of thing. But they, okay. the, the hat is always mentioned in the books, but he never like uses the hat in some sort of weird way. Right. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Was that one worth done? Oh, sorry. Uh, that is work worth one hundred and fifty. That's for the two volume set. Amazing. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm next or sure. Yeah, what do you want? Book. I mean, I got to look up sorceress properties of gems, right? Oh, I mean, of course. Oh. That of course speaks to you. I would assume. Yeah. Mm, oh yes. All right. Uh, the sorceress properties of gems is a, uh, in Mythric. Once again, maybe these are all in Mythric. It wouldn't, they're all actually old. So that would make sense. Uh, it's a codex nine by 15 by six, but weighs about seven pounds. Uh, parchment pages has gem studded leather bindings. It's worth 250 gold pieces. Um, so it is, does it have an author? Yes. <laughs> the author's name appropriate for the, uh, for the, uh, for someone who wrote the sorcerer's properties of gems is Sardonyx as in, <laughs> as in the, the gem Onyx Sardonyx Perido. P-E-R-I-D-O-T. <laughs> so, uh, I think that's a nom de plume. Yes, exactly. It actually says this pseudonymously written work um, enumerates the ways in which gems can be used to fuel magical spells and experiments. So uh, it's actually, it's a little bit less useful than you think on weird sort of, um, that's basically all the information they give you, give me, but it, it's uh it goes over like the actual scientific geology and mineralogy of these um of these gems as well and then points out like you need this gem for this spell that kind of thing that's most effective using it like you know, that sort of thing you know what i mean chromatic orb not, features any... no, sorry go ahead sorry chromatic orb features heavily as you would expect 
Yeah, that makes sense. Is, is there anything in there that might be uh, suitable for if we were ever to go back to um, Isocritus's uh, lab and use the mouth in the wall? Yes. Is there any like we could possibly right. pull some recipes out of this book? That is the right question, Ted. Yes. Uh-huh. So that it is not detailed specifically, but it's sort of like I would hand wave like, um, it, you know, like you you would uh, if there's a specific kind of potion you would want to make, I could tell you. I would just say like you you could use this sort of gem and that would help you. Like you would know what gem to use, basically. Okay, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Love that. Okay, next book. I think it's Ted's turn again, right? Oh, it probably is. Let me just find my list here. And um, I think that... Um, I would, uh, I'm curious about Jacinth the Rose now. Aha, uh-huh. mentioned. In based on what you mentioned about with Laurel there. Indeed, this is a worn copy. Uh, it's anonymous, interesting enough. It's in Mithric, it's a codex. Um, it's worth only 50 gold because it is a little bit worn. So this is a text, um, it's told in uh, epic verse, like a lay almost, uh, of the great Arkantian trickster figure known as Jacinth the Rose. Um, Jathan's story, compared to Laryl's, are mostly revolved around the urban world of the imperial bureaucracy, uh, factor economics, temple politics, and so forth. Um, She's often described as a sister of Laryl One-Eye. Her orientation in the the way he writes it is that her orientation in the urban world gives that theory the lie. Um, Jacinth is generally less well admired than Laryl as her tales generally do not contain redeeming humor or morality. Instead, she usually uses people badly, profiting clearly and without qualm from their discomfiture. She emerges, um, from the song as like a, like the portrait of her is sort of as a cold, talented spy, rogue, thief, and assassin. So where you could probably easily kind of see, like if we were using AD and D nine alignments, like, um, Lara would probably be chaotic good and Jacinth would be probably neutral or neutral evil. Did we see a statue of her in the Hall of Heroes? Was Jacinth the Rose one of them? Uh, that is a good question. Actually. I feel like we run across her name and not just with these books and I can't think of well, where. You did run across her name and I believe it was on a ring. On the inscription on a ring. Am I right? Or is that Jacqueline? I actually can't remember the, the, uh, the ring that the, the ghost wanted. No, 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 or, no. Uh, no, I think Gorand had a, had a, it was like a signet ring, right? Yes. Correct. A signet ring. Wait uh, a minute. What, yeah. Look at the treasure tracker here. I, th- okay. was it, was it, did he get that in the room with the, uh, the dust, uh, elemental? It says Jasmine. Jasmine. Okay, so the never mind. Yeah. Ring I, from I the forgot myself. Ring said Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the worthy. So the, the in their hall of shrines were the worthies of the Arcantian Empire, and they're not fully listed here. Um. Okay. No. So the one in the hall of shrines and that in those double rolls of pillars were actually the worthies of the Arcantian Empire were true historical figures, like famous archons. Okay generals things like that you know what i mean politicians yeah uh not so much like legendary figures okay yeah gotcha okay so that's jacinth um she's often like once again she's she's just commonly known amongst the the folk of the empire as as laryl's sister only because they kind of share like uh similarities in their their thievery and stuff like that but they are not um they're very different people 
does uh does the book describe any cool magic gear that she uses or is she just mean to people and not to me not 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 in what i've got written here okay um, is there anything as we're flipping through it that sort of you know like catches our eye and that it's relevant to Arden Vool in some respect, or is it just the timing of her adventures coincides with the creation or of Arden Vool? Uh, not even that it's, it's impossible to kind of tell, like she, she's just, she's sort of out of time and place sort of thing. And, okay. and, and, and too, like, I'm not trying to hide anything from you guys here. Like all, huh. all relevant info I'm giving you, you know what I mean? Like okay. if, if I don't have something that I tell you, like it's, it's not in there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Just trying okay. to work out why, know we had the book uh -huh. right. so interesting this book. don't forget too that it wasn't isocritus he had a few of his own books there but by far it's stuff that was already there right yeah this oh, is yeah. just like a blending library yeah it's a thoth yeah. thothian library from way back in the day so right. it's sort of like why did the thothian priests have that right and that's the question. right yeah, yeah. okay okay uh, who's next all right so i I know, I know the next one i want to hear about okay i'm interested right. in the lies of the noble founders right arden and Vool. i want to know what, what they're what wait it's lives. lives oh i thought it was lies no 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 oh i thought that was gonna be the best book we had as it was like a, an expose no uh, exactly no, that's no, why no. i was like oh, you know the, the real truth click here Okay, I so when he the gave top us the 10 lies of Arden and Vool. So, yeah. this is the lives of the noble founders, oh, Arden okay, and Vool. It's, okay, it's still cool, still cool. Yeah. Um, so, this is, uh, let's see here. Uh, it's a codex, uh, brown leather binding, uh, weighs about six pounds, and it is worth 45 gold. Uh, so, this is a little bit of like a puff piece about the companions Arden and Vool um, and their selfish devotion to the empire. It's like very much like not historically accurate. Um, it's it's uh, just sort of like common uh, common folklore about the two of them. It does present the 12 labors of Arden, um, but br only briefly goes through them. You actually have a book that actually is the 12 labors of Arden. So this kind of gives like a very brief overview of each labor, but I'll save the 12 labors until we actually get to that book. Um, as well as what's known as the four summonings of Vool, uh, which are sort of like Vool's labors as well as sort of like he like the, there was some, four instances where he cast like crazy magics to get out of trouble and stuff like that. Um, uh, although, oh, and this is a fantastic Gygaxian, uh, we'll call it a Bartonian word as well. Uh, the the tales are in adumbrated form. Have you ever heard of that word before? Never. Adam A A D U M B R A T E D. Um, it means to it bears a faint image or resemblance to an outline or sketch. A dumb braided or Adam braided. I think it's Adam braided. Meaning that the the lettering is written down it, to form a picture. No, no, no. It's just it's just the tales are in um uh, like it's a brief outline. Like it's not a full detailed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Not a, not a sketch sketch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, however, there, um, you do find some interesting information out of this one about the city of Ardenvul itself. There are two poems in this book, uh, one associated with each hero. Um, and they are 
so the, but the the poems themselves are actually the same words but each one is associated with a different hero and uh and it's it's kind of weird to you like it's like in a different section of the book it's sort of like uh here are the you know here are the word here this is the poem associated with art and then reading the book is like here's a poem associated with the bull and you realize when you're reading it it's the same thing and it comes across as almost an incantation and the incantation is this exactly quote Sing paeans to their mighty visages upon bridges or swift waters. Oh, that's how we got the art invader to work. Oh, so maybe... interesting. Oh, All right, I mean, that's, a, that's a good hint. Wait a minute. And there's a bridge. There's, there's several bridges. There's got to be like a Luke Skywalker extendo bridge over the chasm somewhere that we could Ooh. get Arden or Vul to open for us. Or like there's a river down at the bottom level that we could cross, you know, like parting like Moses or something. All right. We're going to say this at every bridge, at every crossing. <laughs> That's right. It is true. No, it man. Is true. That's fun. That's very fun. Okay. Next book. Oh, goodness. Um, let me think. I think next up, I would love to read about the care and keeping of baboons. Ah, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, so this this one may have been one that was uh, brought in <laughs> uh, well actually may not actually because baboons were actually holy to the thothian priests now that i think about it so i take that back um okay on the care and keeping of baboons this is in mithric so it, it is part of the old thothian um library uh, uh, codex five pounds it's made out of baboon hide the binding <laughs> so <laughs> that's your first that's how lesson. you care for right? yeah, exactly. care for them well you can bind all your books in them uh, it's worth 50 gold books. Yep. Uh, offers a full biological description of baboons of all types including the large ones that are native to Arden Vool it also offers advice on breeding them along with cautions about trying to pen and control them uh, uh, it, as you guys are readers you gain full knowledge of their combat abilities there is uh, something strangely absent, though, there is no indication of any forearm baboons. I was going to ask about that. Mm. All right, that's good enough. The author of this one is known as Grika the Breeder, G R A I K A. I dated her for a while, I think, in college. Hot. Hot. It's so hot. Uh, so, no. Four armed references. Okay. Okay. I gotta pick a book. Uh, I'll just give you real quick. It's not too exciting, but let's see. All right. So, uh, baboons, they can move at 120 feet. Um, they have an uh, AC of uh, uh, 14. They have three hit dice each, they have uh, three attacks. That do uh, claw claw bite, which do one to four, one to four, one to six, um, and they have a uh, swarm ability, basically where um, it's like a pack pack attack sort of thing. So should two or more attack one individual, each baboon in that pack receives a plus one uh, to hit and plus one to damage uh, for each one of their attacks. Okay, pretty simple. Danger, Will Robinson. Indeed. All right, what's next? Let's see. Shall we do Thoth in all his forms? Oh. 
This is a good one. All right. This is a moth-eaten work, the one that you actually have. Um, it is, the author's name is Galfridus the Magister. G-A-U-F-R-I-D-U-S. That guy sounds badass. Um, uh, it's a codex, weighs about nine pounds. Um, uh, also made uh, with baboon hide bindings, interestingly enough. This one's worth a little bit more. It's worth 350 gold. This is an extremely pedantic and dry work. So really pretty kind of rough going. Um, it provides an alphabetical listing of all known incarnations of Thoth. When you realize that that's the thing, your eyes and mind perk up. Um, uh, from Starts with Aardvark to Baboon. From, <laughs> from Colossus to Yak. Uh, for all its dryness, it has immense utility in providing an appendix. It takes you a long time to get there, but you stick it through. And when you hit the appendix, it lists four of the seven secret names of Thoth. Um, those four names are the first four of the, of the known secret names, and they are the following. The Font of Magic, The Giver of Words, Rice-Born Linguist, and The Light of Comprehension. You've run across that one before, right? That light of comprehension. That I cannot tell you. Like we've run across that one. Those are good names, indeed. I didn't get any of those in college. Mm. Um. So there, are, there are three more. Does it mention that there are seven? But we're, they're only giving you four. Yes, that seems weird. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And does it, it, it don't often tell everyone about their secret names? So I mean, does, is it? Is it implied in the book, like, we don't even know what the other three are, but we know that there are some, or? No, it's definitely heavily implied that they, that whoever wrote this book knows them, but that they deliberately <laughs> kept them, they kept, they don't, they don't want all seven of the secret names to be into, in one place. Okay. Did they say uh, why you would nope. use seven names? No. Okay. No. Like it's, it's, it's very, very dry. It's, it's, it doesn't even like say like, Ooh, you know, it might, you know, if you want to know the other three, you know, too bad. So sad, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's sort of like, I, there I are was... seven names. Here are the first four end of book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep turning the page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and are, in the list of, uh, of incarnations, were there any like, Oh, I didn't know that kind of thing. Like, Cause we've seen a lot of different, uh, Thothian depictions and the frescoes and the carvings. Yeah, there, so there probably are. Like, there's like, a, there's so many, right? Like, there any excuse right. to make a something that's in the real world holy and associated with their priesthood, of course, would be, be so. There's like unending, but um, I've been very even in the past, like anytime you come across an animal that I think that you, I've always been clear, like, this is a holy yeah. symbol okay. of the Thoth, you know. So I'll just let you know, you know what I mean? Okay, I, I, have, a, yeah. I have a question. Does it mention like there? One of the things that keeps popping up kind of over and over and over is eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Like statues have their eyes missing or we're warned against taking the eyes. The uh, baboon thing, sometimes their eyes are the secret door opener. Mm -hmm. The Ibis guy was, you know, uh, my friend Ibby was missing his eyes. Mm -hmm. Does it talk about eyes or eye yes. symbology at yes, all so it, it, it talks a lot about eyes and breath as uh, two things, uh, two parts of his body that are very, very holy. Um, with typical religious overtones, like eyes see are the windows of the soul. They are, you know, the um, uh, uh, all knowledge and stuff like that stems from that and blah, blah, blah. You know, all, all that typical religious stuff. Uh, but nothing that would like 
uh, tell you like how to manipulate eyes or anything like that. You know, it's just breath wound meaning. Okay. Yeah. Because of course we've seen statues with open mouths. You've seen the pneuma pour out of the giant statue in um, in uh, the Hall of Shrines. That was like the it was purple, oh, right? Is that God? That's right. Orange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Orange. It was orange. Okay, uh, next book. Danger. All right, all right. I got, I got one. I got one. Uh, keeping, keeping in our Thoth vibe. I'm curious about the practical liturgies practical of liturgies. Lord Thoth. Yes. Okay. Da, da, da. Where's my link? There we go. All right. This is anonymous. Um. Now th this book is uh, has an orange leather binding and parchment papers. You can read the name on the front that is in Ancient Mythic that says Practical Liturgies of Lord Thoth. However, when you open up the book on the parchment, the language is indecipherable. You've never seen it before. Ah. Oh, um, well, that's on, interesting. On where Wait. you can immediately tell that it is not arcane writing and that read magic will not do the trick. So don't it's waste time. Uh, it's not in Kumus, is it? No, it's not. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me uh, rocket through a few of my languages. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess I wouldn't. Mithra's the most ancient. I would know. I've checked. I know. Guys, you, I know. Oh, you have already. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You don't. You right. don't. Have, you don't have the knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Don't. Oh, so yes. much for practical. Are there Are there any illustrations? Uh, that's a good question. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh? You're praying all wrong. You're supposed to do it like this. Oh man. Well, you know, if they're showing like pictures of like arm positions, that's yeah. that's really what I'm kind of hoping to suss out from some of this. Um, I would say that what you'd be able to determine is that each page uh, depicts and then writes out. Well, it depicts. You can tell that each page is like um, a ceremony of some sort. Like it's it's it depicts a certain liturgy, right? Um, and there appeared to be about 111 of them. Uh, and there are written in very much like the hieroglyphic, uh, art of art style of, um, ancient Arkantos is, uh, figures that are worshiping Thoth, um, and each separate page has those figures, uh, 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 gesturing in certain forms, like bowing, genuflecting, um, raising their hands, uh, providing certain, goods and stuff like that all to varying images of thoth like baboon headed thoth ibis headed thoth all that sort of stuff um and it's uh, uh thoth always looks pleased by what the priests are doing in the in those things so um stands to reason obviously uh but it is very difficult you just can't under it, it's impossible to glean any sort of useful information unless you talk to a sage probably um, who might know the language? Where we get comprehend languages like we did with the space boat. Uh, yeah, that would platform. do it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And is that okay. a, a? Is that? I I don't know yet. I haven't found it yet. Is that a spell that like a magic user would know? Yes. Or can yep. David know that? I cannot. No. I don't believe, but uh, okay. a magic user would. Yeah, magic user. Would. I don't think uh, clerics can, but uh, magic users definitely. Yeah, can. I was I was looking through the cleric spell list. I don't see anything like that. It's also a very comp. Like if a sage has any arcane power, that's obviously like a yeah. a, a big one for them to have too. You know? Sure. Yeah. Poor uh, poor Osric, man. A mage right now would be really handy. You know, uh, red Mithric. He's got all kinds of lore knowledge. Boy, that'd be helpful. But that's true. Well, he's yeah. right. Who's, who's, who's right who's Osric? Is who's Osric again? Is that some sort of body? 
that, that we saw early in the game. <laughs> he's like a corpse. Yeah. He's a corpse. Uh, he's yeah, 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 yeah. he's taking a nice, a nice long nap out behind his tables. You know who would also be able to to translate this uh, at a certain level would be any thief. Yeah, but they could read languages. Oh, right. Is Atticus a thief? Uh, Atticus is a thief. Yes. Ew. Yeah. Well, leprosy. Um. So yeah, that's the deal. That's worth 150 gold. If I didn't say so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do we have any more? We do. What's next? Uh, your turn, David. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to decide. I guess we're gonna get through all of them regardless. Um. Summoning from beyond seems fun. <laughs> okay, this is the other very valuable one. This uh, is worth 2,250 gold Ooh, pieces. Baby. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, it is in Mithric. It's a codex. It's rather small, 6 by 9 by 5 weighs only about 4 pounds. Uh, parchment with leather bindings. Uh, so it doesn't seem too exotic until you open it up and realize what it is. Um, your eyes go wide on where as you read it. Um, it's the description of seven types of summoning circles, pentagrams, and so forth, and their proper construction. It includes advice on which extraplanar entities can be bound by which sort of circle. Um, and it contains the names of, uh, this is the big one, it contains the true names Ooh. of three demons. Uh, oh man! Okay, a a type four demon. That's uh, and I I hesitate to speak the name lest we call their attention upon us. The 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 type four demon. His name is Furser, F U R C E R. A type five demon known as Zia Gorga, Z I A G O R G A. And lastly, a terrifying being, a type six demon known as. Imif, A Y M I F, and this was written. Sorry, the, the author's name was Alienor the Crafter. That's Alien O R, the Crafter. Oh, maybe it has. <laughs> um, sort of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, in the for what it's worth car- category, I think upon reading this, Onweir would uh, uh, expeditiously stow it and pretend like it never existed within the loot bag. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he's just sort of going, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking either way, you know. It, it reeks of arcane. I'm not allowing anyone to know that I have this. Basically, this is the blackest magic, right? Like forbidden, exactly. heretical, condemned. It is something that uh, the you know, your first question is like, why would the Thothian priest have it? It's so that no one else could have it. You know what I mean? It's like, the, the, you know, if any priest was found to have this on their person, they would have been immediately executed. Like, yes. No questions asked. It was sort of like, definitely like here to like keep it away from other people. And um, yeah, which is, which is reason enough, I think, for him to not want to share it with all of his. No doubt. His, uh, <laughs> like and, peers who are much kinder than them. And yeah. I can't, I want to emphasize too, that it's very much like the Holy Grail from Indiana Jones where it's like the mm-hmm. cup of the carpenter sort of thing, like where it's like very plain looking and rather small. It's the most nondescript of all the books that you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just some sort of preternatural sense. You're like that you grabbed it quickly when you were trying to escape, you know, it's just like, I have a feeling this is probably something and you put it in your bag. Um, but, um, but it is by it. far the most uh, powerful, you know, source of something. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, sorry. I would uh, just like to immediately execute David. 
and as you should as you should yeah yeah it's actually i mean obviously i wouldn't take over your character matt but um like if 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 onweir had told you what this was um your natural inclination would have been to like immediately tell him to to not take it, you know what I mean? Like to destroy yeah. it, you know, yeah. destroy which is, it. Which is my thinking, which is my thing. I obviously, I don't want to do like PVP type stuff, but I just thought like, okay, like per, I, what I'm doing, I'm not, I'm not doing this selfishly. Look, I'm doing it to protect Avaricious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm here for him. I'm going to hold on to the bad stuff so he doesn't have to taint his purity with it. You the, know? The, the, no, uh, the, I'll, I, I'll worry about my own things. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, to yeah. tempt you even further, David, um, oh, you yes. might, you might think as an illusionist that you would have no capability of summoning this. However, the, the instructions are so detailed. Like it, they're basically like anyone who can read the book. It, you do not have to have like the spark of magic in you or anything like that. It's like Mort could do it if he wanted to. Um, using the instructions here, it's extremely dangerous. I I know I know everyone's been wondering what the uh, <laughs> ultimate climax of the Ardenville campaign will be. Many many months, perhaps years from now. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I can assure you one thing: should Onweir survive to that point, this will be it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nasty, it's nasty stuff. Point. This is like reading out of the Necronomicon with Bruce oh, Campbell. Yes. Oh, yes. It, it very much is. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's applicability to any anybody that makes it so dangerous. So be aware that, yes, it's, it's, it's very powerful. You can, um, you can think of all sorts of nasty things that you could do with it, David. Um, but just remember, like, if this gets stolen, like, oh, you know yes. what I mean? Like, you know, so, so a couple sort of thoughts. Thing couple thoughts within that vein that I don't want to get us too like sidebarred on, but, but immediately occur to me, uh, uh, in league with, uh, uh, my brain, sorry, in league with Laurel putting, putting illusions on all of his gear. Is there a possibility? I'm not thinking of it right out of hand in my spell book for me to like cast an illusion upon this book. Do you guys know of a spell that would do that to make it seem to be something else? Wouldn't Phantasmal Force do that? Oh, you know what? Perhaps Phantasmal Force could do that. I mean, it can do a scene or an object. But the duration is short, yeah. That's the thing. Something for me to investigate. Invisibility is permanent, so I could theoretically make it invisible, but then the question is, how do I actually read it? I guess Detect Invisible would let me read an invisible book. It would, yes. Mm -hmm. So maybe that may be, you know, like uh, bookmarking this for now, but that's probably because I would have that immediate reaction john i think it's very likely that onward is going to be like okay i'm going to make this scarce and accessible to me yeah uh in the future sure yeah, bookmarking yeah. it but yeah it's also so, it's obviously was constructed in a manner to, for it to be easy to overlook as well you know yeah it does not draw attention uh, out of curiosity since he's gonna keep it with him uh is it one slot are all these books one slot, one slot? All, all books one slot yeah mm-hmm. except for the two volume set is that two I, slots? even that is one slot if i said it was two okay, before it's, it's one yeah I'm just, I'm just guessing one slot. Okay. So it's a relatively simple matter for him to just keep it on his person. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, what did I say? Four by five by nine. So it's, it's really, it's actually like a pretty tiny book, you know, Um, not as tiny as a paperback, but it's like a, you know, relatively small book. Okay. Uh, we have one more, two more, right? Two more. Yeah. Since we are in the, uh, the realm of, of, uh, evil action, let's talk about the arch trader, precious pulcher. Oh, we have three more. Okay. Uh, yes. So actually, this is a um, this is a Jeremiah. Uh, does anyone know what a Jeremiah is? 
No, no, I don't. En- enlighten us, please. I shall. I'd look this one up too. Um, a Jeremiah, I assume this is obviously probably from the Bible, is a prolonged lamentation or mournful complaint. Pretty cool. Like my self autobiography. <laughs> uh, we're all kind of up there in years, so it's kind of really cool whenever you actually come across a word that you've never seen before. It's like, that's a badass True. word. Um, can I just say I've learned more vocabulary from playing Dungeons and Dragons than almost one, anything else? All, all my obscure vocabulary came from the first yeah. edition DMG, like 100%. Like, yeah. I learned all oh, that yeah. shit in seventh so grade, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, yes. Uh, the, uh, where is it here? The notes on the followers of the arch traitor Priscus Pulcher with suggestions for their destruction. Um, this is anonymous. It's mythric. It's a codex. Nine by 12 by one, kind of thin. Two pounds. Um, it is an unbound gathering of four choirs. Do you know what a choir is? A Q-U-I-R-E, not a, not a singing choir. Isn't that like a, just, like a four-page thing? Like correct. it unfolds? You know, you got it. Damn! Yeah, nice. There's you one I it. knew. I had to look that one up. I didn't know that. Um, so it's this is unbound. It's a loose loose sheaves of folded um, quadrants, basically. Um, so it's a Jeremiah against the Sortians, and especially against one of their leaders who was known as Priscus Pulcher. Um, uh, although the author is anonymous, it was obviously written by a highly biased Theosoph. Um, the text uh, the text misrepresents Priscus's goals and agenda to make him appear as a traitor and a villain. Um, uh, these names you probably vaguely might recall. So there, um, this is something that is very much common knowledge. There was a, um, a massive civil war in the Archontian Empire years ago that was between the Sordians and the Theosos about the, um, about the, uh, uh, what's the word? The um, access to magic learning. Um, the Theosophs were for were the conservative element. They are they were aligned with the temples, and the temples were uh, the temples of the of the old twelve gods, especially Thoth, um, were um, had a monopoly on all magical learning. Like you had to enter the temples to be to be learned, and that often required money or high status and all that kind of stuff. And they wanted to keep it that way because they thought magic was too dangerous to be given out to the common folk. The Sordians, however, were a philosophical sect of breakaway magic users um, and common folk who actually wanted um, it to be an egalitarian thing where it was purely merit, uh, merit, meritocratic. Is that a word? Merit. Um, so that uh, as long as you showed aptitude and were able to rise through the ranks within the schools, you could learn magic. Um, and so there was a, a huge civil war that actually rent the empire apart. It was actually uh, rumored to be the cause of the destruction of the city of Ardenvul. Um, and, um, and uh, uh, the Sordians actually ended up winning that civil war. So now there are the Collegia in the Archontian Empire where anyone who, who wants to can actually g- uh, enter the, cl- uh, the Collegia and learn magic. Um, as long as you have the aptitude, you can learn it. So, uh, so Priscus Pulcher was a, a very, like a firebrand sort of figure in the Sordians. And uh, this is, was written by an obvious theosoph um, and basically... Uh, uh, just like libel and slander against him, and you know, so that's the deal there. Okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what was their advice on the destruction of his followers? Like hunt them down and kill them? Yeah, or pretty much. More 
More, more like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It's just basically like where you can find them, you know, like they, they tend to hide in these quarters and these cities, you know, and right. um, you can use this to blackmail them and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. So just following on the idea of if the civil war was in some respect um, contributed to the destruction of art and rule. And we know that there's kind of a, a Thoth set thing going on here, uh, which is sort of what I thought was kind of more what was happening for the destruction. Um, no, no sign of that in this book. It's really just no. about the Gordians and the Theosophs. That's a really good question too, Ted, um, because it, the the text actually makes it clear that, uh, and once again, it's it's hard because like your characters know like so much more than you as players do. You know what I mean? So you're kind of learning this right. as, as we're all learning. But um, it, it's common knowledge that the Theosoph faction, which was the temple faction, it actually at that time incorporated the temples of Set and Thoth, um, as well as Ta and um, and Anubis and uh, Bastet and Isis. And, right? Like all the gods basically were united in that aspect. Like their temples were rivals with each other, but they all were united in the fact that, no, right. we have a monopoly on magic. So a Set and Thoth, Thoth a uh, priest would actually agreed on that. This was much okay. more of a um, a philosophical slash um, class struggle sort of thing, right. you know, going on right. back in there. And to be clear, just so you guys can uh, pinpoint it, the civil war uh, raged between 1698 and 1793. That is approximately 1,200 years ago, 1,300 to 1,200 years ago. It was about a 95-year span of civil war. Um, at the end result of that, uh, in addition to allowing the egalitarian use of magic, um, was the, it caused the empire to retract massively. Um, they had to like like pull back from their the, like they had reached the highest point of their expansion, and they were forced to retract, and and they basically withdrew from the continent of Irthuan, which is the continent that you are in. Okay, Irthuan is a massive continent, and the north part is ruled by the Exarchate of Narcilion. And the southern part is ruled by the Exarchate of Arcturus, which is where Avaricios hails from. Um, and uh, so you're technically, guys, are in the Exarchate of Narcilion on the continent of Arthuin um, in the Burdocks Valley, right? But that's, you yeah. Know, yeah. Everyone knows this. Come yeah. on. Of course. Yeah. So it would be reasonable to conclude then that any rivalry between Set and Thoth at the time was collegial, if you will, and, and whatever hatefulness that we are experiencing down here now is of more recent yes. uh, vintage. Uh, uh, yes, they, they, they actively, they, they, they actively like what I should, um, so on the surface, they just had um, different teachings and stuff like that. Right. right. Uh, but in actuality at that time, even prior to the civil war, there was always like clandestine warfare going on. So assassinations in the dark and, and that sort of thing between the priests, especially like the priests of, uh, of mm -hmm. Set, because Set is just not a nice god, period, right? Um, but it was only after the civil war that, um, and the slow gravitation towards the new gods that the that the temple of Set was actually proscribed. The other the other Egyptian gods were uh, generally forgotten about, and so the priesthoods lapsed. Um, but Set was sort of like you are not allowed to worship them anymore because they're bad people, that sort of thing. Make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm seeing that we have the Canticle of Revelation and the Twelve Labors of Art. That's what I think, I think we have left. Yeah, let's uh, let's do one of the, let's do the Twelve Labors. The Twelve Labors. Okay. Um, this is a very well-known work. 
uh, most families that can afford a book will probably have this one of these books, one, a copy of this work in, in their library. Um, provides full descriptions of artists, Arden's famous and now iconic 12 labors. These are very similar to um, uh, Hercules' uh, tales, right? Sort of thing. Um, so uh, I think it, this is a really detailed entry, <laughs> and there's 12 of them. So what I think I'm going to do is uh, for the audience's sake and your sake, I'm going to give you what the names of the labors are. And then I'm going to detail the details of exactly the stories of those labors to you guys privately. Yeah, David. Okay. Am I remembering correctly or incorrectly that these may or may not map to the reliefs within Vontertown? Uh, the reliefs, which reliefs? Around the, 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 the uh, uh, disco ball. Right, we had several carvings. Oh, you mean like the, the like the stations of the cross, like around yeah, the that? stations of the cross thing? Yeah, no. are those the twelve labors, or am I conflating them no, with something else? Those are like the stations of the cross for like worshiping Thoth. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. Arden is wholly devote, wholly divorced from any Thothian aspects. Okay. Right, she's cool. a wholly separate thing. Yeah, um, uh, she's a uh, she's a legendary figure, but she's a known historical figure as well. Um, okay, so. Whether or not these tales are actually true, you know, who knows, right? Um, but right. Uh, it, it, these much more have like the 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 feeling of legend, right? Um, it may have, they probably had a seed in truth, but probably have been expanded upon. Um, okay, so these are the labors. Uh, the first, la these are in order of the labors, right? That's the orders is kind of important, right? When you know when she did these things. Um, so the first labor is known as the Albers of Mount Juventus, J U V E N T U S. Uh, the second labor is known as the Troll of Pelusia, P-E-L-O-U-S-I-A. Just let me know if I'm going too fast. The third labor is known as the Laughing Lord of the Grain Islands. The Grain Islands are a small archipelago uh, to the east of the uh, main island of Arkantos, out in the Wine Dark Sea. Um, and it is uh, the, the, basically the breadbasket of the empire. And it is where the, uh, the majority of the halfling population actually is. They grow most of the food for the empire. Um, the fourth labor is known as the three berserkers of Westholm. Um, Westholm, uh, you guys know, is actually the uh, the capital. It is the Arcantian capital on the island chain of Borealios, which is a Wiscan native island chain, but has been incorporated by the by the empire. Sorry, Ted, is that is that too much? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's just like I need a map. I need to start cross referencing. Like, yeah, you got a lot of got so, a lot of lore here packed in a. Well, we knew there was going to be an info dump. It is what. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So Borealios is um, like a large island chain to the north, and it is basically like where the the Wiscans who are sea reavers, like the the Viking uh, analogs of Scandinavia, like Onweir. I'm sorry, Varger was not one of these. Varger was from the north in Erthuan, which also has a Wiscan population. But the Viking kinds are kind of from Borealios. However, they have been um, assimilated into the empire, and Westholm is sort of like the um, the uh, Arcantian capital of those islands. So um, just giving you reference. So that's called the Three Berserkers of Westholm. Fifth labor is known as the Greedy Jarl. Uh, the sixth labor is known as the Lost Legion. Seventh Ooh. labor is known as the River God. The eighth labor is known as the Hidden Priest. The ninth labor is known as Singing the Dead to Sleep. The tenth labor 
is the Fallen Mage. And the 11th labor is known as the Dragon's Egg. Um, the 12th labor is unknown. Um, at the height of her fame, Arden disappeared along with her partner, Vool. Imperial legend has it that she sleeps across the centuries in preparation for her 12th and final labor. When the Empire needs them both, Arden and Vool will awaken to complete their final task. As a result, there is no fixed interpretation of the 12th labor, with most accounts simply leaving it empty. Ooh. Yes, Ted. Are there any uh, noteworthy discrepancies in these entries and the one we read earlier in um, the, uh, noble, uh, the Noble Lives? Noble Lives, yeah. Uh, not discrepancies. The Noble Lives, once again, is much more of like a puff piece. So sure. it, 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 it's almost as if that one was sort of written for children, right? Uh, right. I was going to say, it sounded like one of those golden books. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one. This one is much more in the style of like a grand epic sort of thing. You know? okay. It's not written in verse. It's, it's told, but they're told as like uh, stories. Um, and they're told in a manner that are sort of, it's meant for the reader to be able to relate them orally to an audience um, in, the, in the grand sure. tradition of like Homeric sort of tales. You know what I mean? Right. Or Beowulf or that kind of thing. Or Beowulf. Yes, exactly. Like Beowulf. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hark. Um, okay. So nothing in this version stands out as like, well, wait a minute. I thought the greedy Jarl was this other thing. And this is like, well, this is pretty me, much job of what we know. Let's give it, let's give you guys and the audience a taste. Um, so just, just so everyone out there, the listeners and the watchers are aware, I'm just leery about posting the exact stories of these things just for copyright reasons, right? There's a, it's a lot sure. of information um, that is a uh, very dense. And I, I just worry about uh, sort of putting those down permanently on the web. Um, I might be able to ask Richard if it's okay, but whatever. Um, uh, that's the reason I'm being sort of coy about it. Uh, and also it would take a lot of time, but let me see Understood. if I can actually find one that is sort of related to the actual place where you're at. Uh, because these, all these labors like span the breadth of the empire. It's not like Ardenville. We're only hanging out here. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I think there is one that is actually focused on Ardenville. So give me one second. Um, uh, uh, do you want to pause it, John? And yeah, this is actually break. a good place for a pause. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. We will go to a break and we will come right back. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We have returned. Um, I have found there are two labors which I'm going to detail uh, uh, for this final bit of the book uh, expo dump here. They are the two labors that actually reference the site at which you are at right now, the actual plateau atop Burdocks, uh, overlooking Burdocks Valley that has to do with actually the city of Ardenville or the site where it is. Um, Ted correctly guessed um, that uh, the name, the river god, um, is actually referring to the Swift River. So indeed, the seventh labor, known as the river god. Uh, Vool, uh, so Vool, this, so to be clear, Vool is like the magic user partner of Arden, both the adventuring partner, but also the lover. Uh, to be clear, when I say partner, they actually were companions. Um, in an intimate way. So Vool discovered a magically active area atop and within an enormous cliff 
from which poured a violent waterfall. This is the future site of Arden Vool. Arden and Vool scaled the cliff and investigated the site. Vool attempted to, con to construct a tower by the river, but the river kept shifting location and destroying his work. The pair determined that a water elemental inhabited the lower reaches of the river. They banished it and seized the enchanted giant triton shell that had kept it imprisoned in this location. Take of that what you will. Intriguing. And then the other one that has to deal with this site is the actually the last labor, the eleventh labor. The dragon's the dragon's egg. Seeing the new settlement at Ardenvool as a threat, an ancient red dragon and its partner began to attack the Arkantian settlers there. Since the dragons were breaking uh, what is known as the Compact of Aeneas, this was a uh, an, this is an Arkantian Empire founding myth known as the Compact of Aeneas, which is a compact between humans and dragons, just so you're aware. Arden and Vul were sent to handle the situation. They located the dragon's lair atop a crag in the mountains west of Arden Vool, and after several skirmishes involving magic, fire, and physical combat, the pair decided to force the dragons into compliance by stealing their eggs through stealth. An invisible Arden scaled the heights and stole three eggs. Vool then dictated terms to the dragons. They would cease attacking Arkantian settlements, or their offspring would be slain. If the parents agreed, the offspring would be raised within the empire, and according to the Compact of Aeneas, when the parents agreed, Ardenavul brought two of the eggs to the emperor in Arkantos. The third egg disappeared. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Wait. So so wait. So so they betrayed the dragons. They they stole the eggs anyway. Uh, that was part of the deal. Yeah, it's part of the deal. Yeah. They explained it that, the third, that the, they would not get the eggs back. They would be held hostage or destroyed, depending on the answer of the dragons. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's yeah. kind of mean. Uh, yeah. A little bit. And the third egg disappeared. So, um, the third egg did it disappear, or disappear, or is it Krastorovix or whatever his name is? Well, the dragon, the ancient, uh, the ancient red dragon and its partner were red. Our dragon is what? Green. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, nothing about any giant ruby thrones or anything, right? Uh, nothing about any giant ruby thrones, and Where's I believe I believe that's it, right? No, no, Canticle of Revelation. Oh, the Canticle of Revelation. Very good. Yes. All right. Give me one moment. Yes, the Canticle. Canticle of Revelation. Okay. Uh, all right, Mithric, go figure. The author's name is uh, Berenice the Chanter, B E R E N I C E. Uh, it's Codex. 8 by 12 by 4, 5 pounds. It's made out of, uh, uh, it has white and black cowhide bindings. It's worth 100 gold. Um, it's one of the main liturgies of the ancient cult of Thoth. Um, and it enjoins the recitation of a complex set of Thothian precepts followed by poems and chants celebrating Thoth's role in revealing language, uh, language magic, and knowledge to humans. So the you have a feeling that this is one of the 111 that were um, uh, detailed in the undecipherable texts, right? But this one is actually written in Mithric and can be deciphered. If we were to put the two next to each other um, and work from the assumption that they are 
very similar in their descriptions. Would it, you know, is there enough there that we could start to translate this unknown language? Unfortunately, no. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, like a, like a, uh, what's that? Oh my God. I'm embarrassed. I can't think of the name of it. The tablet, uh, the Rosetta stone. Oh, right. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately not. You don't, you, one thing you could probably, when you attempt to do that, you could probably tell that it is, um, it's not like they're, uh, the same text in different languages. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's different words, you know, it's a different presentation of the same sort of ideas. Okay. Yep. All right. So awesome. that's that's what you have gleaned wow. from all of those works. So it's a, it's a lot of information. It's a ton of uh, stuff. Yeah. Wow. So that's like, okay. So just to set the stage here, John, we've spent the last three days reading spell books and reading this library and loafing around the inn, and yes. generally resting and putting our feet up and drinking the beer and eating all the pretzels at the bar. Yes. So at the. Uh, so you're, we called three days because that's how long it would take mechanically for Onward to actually be able to use Read Magic to get all of his spells and scribe them. So um, uh, when we pick up, it would be the um, it, it, uh, the idea would be like to start the delve, to leave the inn to wherever you guys decide to go, would be the morning of the 29th, okay? Um, uh, would be the most logical time. Like you technically could leave on the evening of the 28th, but you probably wouldn't, right? So... Um, is there at this point so we can still go back in time to before you read the books and kind of tell me like right. you know besides reading the books although i should be clear that does take up a lot of time <laughs> like it's a lot of books um oh, yeah, so yeah. you're not just free to like go into like super deep schemes or anything like that but with that said you do have three days of of uh of downtime is there anything else you would like to do before the morning of the 29th we need to roll yost's hit points ah okay let me bring up the uh, thing here likewise for samantha for Samantha as, as well. Okay. Here, rolls a D12. No, that's not it. D8, right? Uh, who is this? Yoast? Yoast. It's a D8. Yes. D8. I am ready right. when you are. It's okay. got to be a really big D8, though. Yeah. Yeah. Let me find the 50. biggest, baddest red D8 I can roll here. Oh, lame. I rolled three. a three. But All it, right. Well, Yoast gets a plus two, two from Khan. So it's actually a five added right. to his uh hit points which is already 18 so that's pretty pretty nice so he's got uh 23 now 23 hp sounds good to me i mean it's 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 no neol but uh nah, it's no neol that's for sure oh well how many beside <laughs> <laughs> himself <laughs> Onwear. samantha how many, is, how, like how many does samantha have right now <laughs> Uh, Samantha currently has uh, uh, 10 HP, and she also has a D8, so I will roll one as well. She also has 16 con. So okay, she gets a plus we'll two. See how plus two? Goes. Yeah, plus two. I think so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I'm ready. Yeah, plus two. So Ooh. that's a five, five, seven extra. So we are now at 17 HP. That's Not great. Very good. Good for her. All right. Uh, all right. No one else is leveled up, right? Um, that's at least going on the right. right. Okay. Um, anything else you want to do? Well, <laughs> Aha, well, uh, yeah. There, so there, there are a couple. There are a couple little things. So, um, uh, yeah, we're we're very. 
uh, keen, especially Avaricios, is very uh, 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 keen uh, to see and kind of uh, see if he can diffuse maybe a little bit of the tension at the uh, at the broken head. Um, you know, his, his uh, the the <laughs> prank the prank that he pulled uh, was meant was to be kind one. of. It was a good one. It was meant to be kind of uh, uh, a little, a little dig, a little something to keep his, uh, you know, these potential um, uh, 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 maybe adversaries. You know, they they showed a little bit of, of sketchiness, you know, just to keep them kind of on their toes and keep them guessing. Um, uh, but it kind of started a war a little bit, or at least the preparations for one. <laughs> uh, you know, goblins, goblins are we dying everywhere. All these people are around. You know, they, they're they're talking about selling the place, yes. and, and the leaving. voice in your head is delighted by all of this. So yes. <laughs> so uh, the other voice in my head wants to have an end to come back to <laughs> right yes this is the avaricios voice yeah Got right it. so they're having a little chat uh-huh. so he he comes up with an idea that's both uh, a, a little bit of extra fun but the intention is to try to uh sow some confusion and misgivings on their part uh or at least uh, on the parts of estelle and chronos to make them wonder is is this really uh wick trimmer who did this or something else so uh as as part of this um the first couple of days you know like while we're while we're studying especially going into the uh going into the evening avaricios um uh pays uh attention especially at night um in terms of like what patterns the uh the guards the wine dark cohort are making in their rounds around the end just to get a sense of like how you know often the rounds are outside mm-hmm. as he um uh he uh has a little plan to go out uh out by the stables where he's seen some stuff there before mm-hmm. so does it seem like at some point in the evening there is a small window of you know a few minutes sure yeah okay mm-hmm. all right um, so in conjunction with his friend Anwir, okay, Anwir, this is what we're going to do. He's arranged for Anwir, um, to, uh, uh, create an illusion in, uh, Avaricios's bunk of the, of the covers, it, it, like, ver- uh, like in Ferris Bueller's day off. Okay. Yeah. You know, the, the gently rising sure. blanket yeah. with the snore, um, and he's going to uh, uh, slip out of the room. He's going to pull a mouse, this little mouse friend, out of the bag. And you're doing this uh, invisibly, right? Uh, not yet. I, I got to do this first because ah, he's going to cast ah. silence upon the mouse ah. first. You can do this <laughs> under the covers. Um, then, kind of uh, uh, nudge, uh, give the signal to uh, uh, Yost. To come on, Yost, now's, now's the time to, to go blind so that Avarisos can uh, again sneak around invisibly. Gotcha. He's like, I was There's going got- to be asleep anyway, so it's totally fine that I'm blind. <laughs> it'll be like I have a sleep mask on. It'll be <laughs> right. I, I think it will help you. It's not a big deal. It'll, it'll be kind of fun. Yeah. But you have to. You have to tell him a story first. 
I sell inventory every night. That's that's, that's right. no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have now I have some it. new ones. I can yeah. <laughs> I can tell him the the Arden uh, Arden's labors. All right. So he, he, invisible with the silenced mouse, middle of the night, creeps down to the uh, to the door of the stables. Right mm -hmm. now, in in the past, we've seen, and he's rem remembers this. He remembers guys going into the stables and talking about, um, like a a, a basement there. He he right. remembers them talking about something underneath. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, but not necessarily in the stables. Just so to be clear. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, well, the best he's got going on is this stables. So okay. he's going to go to. Uh, the door of the stables, mm -hmm. uh, pull out from his sack another can of red paint, another paintbrush. He paints another W, just like the other one, on the on the door of the barn, okay. on, the, on the door of the stables. And this time, he pulls um, also um, out of the bag. I think I can pull this out of the bag. If, if not, he will have he will have written this um, a a note. And he's going to, to uh, affix it to the door, um, uh, uh, possibly with a dagger. Is he able to pull a dagger? I guess he could pull like a, a spike. If mm -hmm. a dagger's too much, he'd pull out a spike out of yeah, the bag. Yeah, he could pull out like a knife. A knife is fine, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a, a, a nice steak knife, mm -hmm. right? Whatever. Yeah. And he sticks this, he sticks this note to the door. Okay. And uh, the wording on this note. Oh, boy. Okay. Says... The wind laughs, and the wind is capitalized, by the way. Your fears are misplaced. Look not to trim candles, but beneath your own feet. <laughs> awesome. Signed, the wind. And uh, he, when, he signed, when he signs it, the W is the same W as the one that he put on the That was on the barrel. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so I see what you're going for. You're just trying right? to deflect it, right? Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Raise his and, yeah, and uh, with that, he'll uh, assuming that there's nobody around, he's gonna sneak back up to the to the bedroom. Okay, let let the mouse go to go on its silent merry way, right? <laughs> and run off, um, break the illusion, get back into bed, and uh, okay, I love a lovely it. chuckle. That's awesome. Uh, so this is what I'm gonna do. There um, is a non-zero chance that um you, you know like it, like you're silent and invisible but there is a non-zero chance that like someone will see like the the note being uh uh you know put into the it, put into the door sure, okay sure. but you did take the time to actually observe the patterns of behavior of the guards and how they were moving around and doing their rounds and all that kind of stuff which is very very smart um so what i'm going to do is i'm going to reduce that chance to a one in 20 right so a, a five percent chance that okay. uh, just someone that like randomly had to go pee or something like that and, and, and saw you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Okay, so just just to say, like, they're you know, it's not not total clear sailing. Um, let me get the dice up here real quick, and let's roll that puppy. Here we go. All right, here we go. D twenty. Don't want a one. Eight. All right. An eighteen. You are good to go. Eighteen. That's weird. Yeah. You know, it would be. Uh... I, oh, I, rolled I rolled it. Sorry. Oh, oh, you yeah. rolled it. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're we're double that, good. Yeah. <laughs> that silent mouse like ran through the common room right during the middle of a conversation, you know, and just like everybody was talking, and then suddenly, 
You know, yeah, yeah. But this was the what middle the of the hell? night. They would be sleeping. Random stranger stopped snoring for two seconds while he ran past. Uh, can I just uh, real quick? Can you repeat the 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 um the contents of the note again? Okay. Um, the wind laughs. Your fears are misplaced. Look not to trim candles, but beneath your own feet. Signed, the wind. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. Wind, got it. Yeah. I also, um, when I get back, well, Anwar, uh, yeah, Anwar was helping me. So um, I go to um, uh, Mort's bunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I take a pair of shoes out of the bag, the same ones that he was wearing, but they're just one half size too small. Mm-hmm. And I replace his shoes with the ones that are just a little bit too small. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. <laughs> just a half size. <laughs> so cruel. I almost don't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> All right. And- all right, uh, Avricios, you go to bed, and the the thoughts in your head are just dancing around. You you dream of sugar plum fairies throughout the rest of the night. <laughs> um, you're very 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 pleased with yourself. No more so than the sound of what wakes you up in the morning, which is the grumblings of a very irritated goblin, and uh... <laughs> who says, "I don't know." I don't know. You got a new pair of shoes in that sack, man. These don't fit. <laughs> I don't think that the sack works with shoes. It's it's oh, a weird thing. Shoes. Come on, it produces delicious sandwiches. It'll give me some shoes. Give me shoes some of their Shoes are exotic, okay. man. I, I oh, reach wait. in and I, I pull out a pair of shoes that's uh, a half size too big. Unfortunately, I can't repeat. Uh, you know, it doesn't work. This if I try to do it again, it's not going to work. You're like the, you're like that guy in the car who like just pulls ahead every time someone tries to open the door to get in. <laughs> What's taking you so long? <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, well done. All right, well executed. So um, uh, you did that late at night, so there doesn't seem to be immediate any immediate ramifications of that that you notice amongst the pe- people uh, the next morning. Um, did you do that the first night on the night of the 25th? Uh, no, that, w- uh, that w- I had to do it like the, the one of the last nights because I wanted to watch the pattern. Oh, okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you might have to wait until the next time you return to the inn, um, uh, from your delve to see like what exactly happened with that. Um, but, uh, it went out without a hitch. So you'll have to see how the innkeepers or the stable hands take it. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure everything's fine. It'll be totally cool. It's going to work. It's going to work perfectly. Any other, uh, schemes you have in mind or anything you want to purchase here at the inn? Um, Uh, Oh, Yes, there was there was some uh, uh, purchase. So the other uh, thing that we've been talking about a lot is, um, you know, the uh, management of all of our stuff. Right. Like we have a we have a, a significant stash. Uh, we do not want to be dragging it into the uh, uh, into the dungeon with us. That's just dumb. Mm-hmm. So um, our plan is um, there are some merchants at the end. Uh, we're hoping to uh, buy a chest uh, that we can. Uh, store our goods and um, uh, uh, keep, we want to leave that in the room guarded by a couple of uh, our uh, uh, trustworthy retainers that okay. will not be joining us on the next step. Okay. So the, uh, you have a choice between a small and a large wooden chest. However, the, the, the item of note, which requires the large, the purchase of a large one is, is of course the disco the ball. ball. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, if you buy a large wooden chest, I'm just going to rule that you can store the ball and everything else that you want in there um, uh, that they will guard it. So uh, 
so the large chest costs five. However, there is a 150 uh, percent markup by the merchants uh, because they can. <laughs> um, so what is that? That's a uh, uh, say again, Ted. Sorry. Twelve and a half gold. Twelve and a half and gold. Okay. We will also buy a nice new lock for it at a cost of fifty gold with the same markup. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, uh, I think we'll we'll browbeat them into giving us a, a spare key on that one. That'll work. Uh, <laughs> um, yep. And then uh, I believe we talked about moving everything from the stash out buried under the rocks at the other tower and putting it in here. Uh, so maybe, uh, maybe we buy the chest like the first night and then the second night somebody can go out invisibly and grab all the stuff from the stash, uh, kind of thing. Does that make sense? Do we want to go invisible or do we just want to go out together since we're, you know, for safety? For our lunch break, we go out and have a little picnic and go out and come back with all our stuff. Sure. Why not? Because I mean, we're not going to use that, that spot anymore. So it doesn't matter if anybody. Yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna switch this over to Owlbear and just show the maps of the um of the ruins of Arden Bulls. So their stash, uh correct me if I'm wrong, is here. Yes, that is correct. Okay. So uh, uh that's fine. You could totally do that with a hitch. The stash is still there, no one has gone through it. There doesn't appear to be any signs of anyone that has um that has uh, attempted to like been sniffing around, right? Um, maybe some wild creatures, but nothing, but nothing. Um, no, no uh, sentient beings. Okay, uh, but related to it, you remember too that there was the, the the other tower, the ruined tower on the western side as well. This is like the Rivergate Towers. Um, there is something that's related to that that you actually happen to overhear on one of the nights. I, I would actually say that Avaricios would probably be the most likely to hear this because you're actually kind of not hanging out inside the inn. You're kind of like on those nights when you're kind of looking at patterns, you're sort of like probably like leaning against like a door jam and just sort of maybe having a smoke or something like that and kind of watching people like do their thing, right? Um, you kind of, o- you overhear um, as you're watching the guards that the uh, the a couple members of the Five Fingers are actually having a conversation one night near the stables when you're sort of planning out your little ruse there, Avaricios, talking to the guards, Bickle and Francis. These are the same guards from long ago that you overheard talking in the stables about how oh, they that were silver coffer, right? the silver coffer in the Western tower, um, that they were unable to bring back their, their poor, um, uh, their poor friend Randall who got trapped in some of the wreckage there, but not before they saw a skeleton holding a silver coffer in its lap amidst those ruins. Um, well, the, uh, five fingers have also heard about this tale of those poor guards and poor Randall. And, uh, th- you, uh, hear them talking to Bickle and Francis about it and that they found Randall's remains in the ruins of the Western river tower. Uh, but there wasn't much left to bury. So they were unable to bring anything. They weren't able to bring him back in order to be properly buried here, which Bickle and Francis are, are sad about. Um, uh, they, one of the people that's talking to Bickle and Francis is the the tall, uh, raven-haired uh, sort of vain woman uh, who you hear in the conversation. is Her name is Tressa, T-R-E-S-S-A, and she is a cleric of Mitra, um, who is a uh, one basically like the main god, uh, the the most worshipped god. Uh, let me let me get that real quick. Sorry, I don't but, have that on. But me. not but not the coolest god. Everybody knows that. The least Everyone knows the coolest. Much. Of course. Um, 
Mitra is a lawful, uh, in, in OSC, a lawful god, but in, in D&D, uh, uh, AD&D, a lawful good god. Um, justice, contracts, uh, defenders, oaths, humanitarian impulses. So um, it's actually like, the you know a really good compassionate god which does not align with like the way that mitra's that that tressa actually presents herself which is kind of interesting anyways um uh point being tressa was able to say a few words of blessing over the remains of randall at the time um now uh after the guards leave uh and it generally seemed to be an act of compassion on the five fingers part like listen we found your friend we weren't able to bring him back but we said some words of blessing i'm so sorry for your loss and they back off um as they back off Avaricios, you can actually, uh, you overhear those five fingers mention that they feel bad for the guards, um, but they do say that at least we were able to recover that silver coffer that was held Damn. by the skeleton. Oh. Um, and they, they, you, they kind of get quiet when they talk, so you don't kind of pick up all the things, but you hear mention of two silver ox that they were able to find and a tablet that, and this is a quote that has oh, the no. that that has the answers we've been searching for all this time, and they sort of smile at each other. Well, it looks like the invisible blade of Onwear is making another appearance <laughs> very soon. <laughs> and and suddenly, there's no chance of being uh, allies with five fingers. <laughs> well, you, uh, to to mitigate just a, to make you think a little bit, um, when you did overhear the Mavericios, where they were just talking amongst each other. They sh seem to show genuine sadness uh -huh. for uh, the fact that they were not uh, for the guards, like mm -hmm. they were compassionate for the guard for for what happened to Randall. Okay, so they don't they don't seem to be total dicks. They just have stuff that we want, which makes them uh, in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now. Uh, if there's nothing else that you uh, scheming wise, like so, now what I have from your guys' notes is that um, the retainers that are going with you are Nyal, which is Avaricios's, uh, Yost and Codswallop, which are both of Mort's. Um, Samantha is staying, Atticus is staying because Mike is not here, um, and uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, yes, uh, Avaricios's other ones, right? So, uh, so you are leaving the chest in charge of Elizabeth, Samantha, and Atticus, right? Oh, that doesn't sound like the, the smartest thing in retrospect, but we Sam can't help it. It's it's, it's fine. Um, they are, um, they, they, this is exactly what retainers are for. Uh, one of yeah. the big things, right? So they, they are completely willing. You have, you have hired them on They're They're, they're ready to do it. They're, they're like, Oh, we don't have to get into danger. We just have to sit here and watch this chest. No problem. <laughs> We're good to go boss. Um, so, so, um, I do need you. So, uh, so you guys start to pack yourselves up. You do the commando montage, put the black paint underneath your eyes, um, and all that kind of stuff. You start to memorize your spells and, uh, you get to, you get ready to suit up and go out. Um, I do need you to pay everybody for those three yeah. days. Uh, one, one more thing that, uh, I was just looking over the notes that we didn't talk about. Uh, David, does on, still want to do his, um, uh, little costume, uh, routine, his ruse, uh, uh, we discussed maybe trying to give the impression that Isocritus was still alive. Did you still want to do that? Or, uh, I had not. Uh, um, hmm. I thought we were not going to do that. So I haven't 
fully considered the execution of this. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, okay. I no, if we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. That's cool. uh, uh, it's not a bad idea, but I just had not like really thought through the mechanics of how we would do that because I thought it was. All right. Cool. Well, Avaricious um, uh, hands you this little fake nose that he had pulled out of his bag <laughs> just yeah. for this occasion mm -hmm. and uh, sure. just gives it to you just in case you want to abuse it sometime Perfect. in the future. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if, if we're going to head out on the 29th to go delving again mm -hmm. um i need to not only pay the retainers we also have to pay the in um and so i think in the past we paid 18 gold for a suite for a week um mm, that sounds about right yeah so and the suite can sleep how many Is uh, that enough for everybody well, there's no suite. Uh, uh, there's a there's a suite back in Gosterwick, but the, there's a private a private room is three gold per day. Um, oh, but uh, that was in Gosterwick. You're right. Okay. Uh, a, you could rent it. Uh, so you can. So it's three gold per day, but it's twenty gold per week. But that's that's per person, right? Um, but you can also just do a, a bed in the bunk, which is one gold per day, or three gold per week. Well, we need a room to keep the chest. The chest, in. yeah. Yeah, so you're gonna have to do a private the room. room. Can sleep, the room can sleep four, right? So Sam and Elizabeth could share a room. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So it's three gold per day. So it depends on if you want to, if you think you're going to be there for on the Dell for a week, then then you, you you'll save money by paying twenty. We should do that because we can prepay, yeah. and if if we get back early, we can you know do it another time. Okay. Use that use the credit another time. Um. Okay, so t uh, twenty gold for a week. All right. Um. Uh. If you want to feed everybody, um, it's two silver per person. Okay, Everybody's got to eat. Yeah. For, for a simple meal. Right. Um. So you have you have like ten people in the party when everyone's together. Yep. Okay. So. Uh, so that would be. That's two gold. Two gold per okay. day for meals until you leave, right? So that's the twenty. So you're gonna do the twenty fifth, the twenty sixth, the twenty seventh, and the twenty eighth. So that's uh, 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 eight gold for for meals. Okay, and then if you want to pay for a week's worth of meals for the retainers that are going to be guarding the chest while you're gone, right? That would be what is that? Three retainers, right? Yeah. So that's six SP per day. Um, uh, six SP times seven would be 42 SP, which is 4.2 gold for meals. If All I got right, I'm right. going to give them, I'll give them five, five gold and, uh, um, and, oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Bookkeeping. Bookkeeping. You all said you loved it. So there you go. <laughs> I do. I do. I, uh, I have a, yeah, I've got a quite an expense spreadsheet here. Um, <laughs> we need, uh, we definitely need to bring back some more cash, though, guys. Uh oh, we are getting a little low. It's, it's, a little low. Are you, are you, are you telling me our uh, like thirty-seven retainers <laughs> are coming to to a greater? <laughs> yeah, go figure. Because <laughs> it's time for a ruby throne. Uh, I guess so. Turns I, uh, out uh, paying a paying a workforce. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, who knew? Exactly. Paying a it's paying a workforce that, what they're uh, due. We're running low. It's that uh, I like a larger buffer. 
A large, mm. gotcha. Okay. Thinking, thinking big picture. I like it. Okay. Yeah, so you yeah, got that. Yeah. You got the 20 gold for the week, and then you got the 4.2 for the week of meals, right? You got it. And then the eight I gold. Got the meals, the week of meals for. Okay. So this is for three retainers for a week. And then the other one was everyone for four days. Yep. And then there's a room. Everyone. Okay. I think we're set up. Okay. Yeah. And then with the, with the uh, renegotiation of terms, you owe wages to everyone for the 26th, the 27th and the 28th. So three days worth of wages for everybody. Okay. Right. Which is uh, eight gold pieces per day for three days. Eight. You're paying two gold for each retainer, right? Yeah. There are four that get paid. They're all getting paid. Nial doesn't get paid. Yost doesn't get paid. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Elizabeth, Coswell, Atticus, and Samantha get two gold pieces a day. That's eight per day Yep. for three days. Mm. So... Um, that's, that's eight, 24. Oops. Got to put a minus on that. <laughs> um, that, so paid through the 28th. Okay. Okay. Good. All caught up. Yeah. yeah out, of, so. out of, out of my personal, um, stash, just, uh, the coins that, uh, Avrisos has, he's going to give, um, uh, I'll say 15 gold to uh, Nial so that he's not just there with no money. Okay, that's cool. Yep, he appreciates I'll it. I'll just mark it off my my, my uh, person. Yeah, that's all right. There are a couple merchants over there. Maybe I'll do some shopping while there's some time. Yeah, everybody should have. You know what? Make sure you buy yourself a drink. Huh? Uh, toast Lisi on what you do. Might as well. I've been losing weight. I'll put on a little bit of beer belly. So um, there's... Um, uh, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I might want to make sure that you guys do have what you want. Um, are you outfitted according to what you want? There are peddlers here that it's going to charge a lot, but if you if you need more adventuring gear, now is the time. Do you have what you need? We have torches, we have oil, lanterns, rope, pythons. Spikes. Spikes. I got a hammer, tinderbox. Yeah. Spare shield, spare helmet. I got some food. All right, you guys are ready. I okay. think my guys are ready. Maybe not as perfectly ready as we could be, but we're trying to be able to move. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the great uh, dilemma, right? Yep, that's fine. Okay, we'll just go with it. I assume that you guys are smart enough to know that what you've got and you're ready to go, and you would have told me. Okay, so yep. there is. Um, uh, I need last thing we need to know on the morning of the 29th, uh, First thing we need to do is what the weather is. Um, this chart that uh, that the viewers are seeing but the players are not is actually the new revised weather charts from the upcoming kickstarter of dolmenwood which is going to be dropping soon um and these have been rearranged there's actually some more variety in the spring chart now ah. Ooh. 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 <laughs> who wants to uh, roll the weather i feel like it's a ted tradition isn't it uh well ever since i nearly froze to death yeah <laughs> oh, those days long by. that's a callback it, yeah. it's still a 2d6 roll so go ahead and roll i'm ready 
Okay, I'm rolling 2d6, and I got a 10, John. This is a new entry. It's not that Ooh. exciting, but it's new. Um, it is a <laughs> it's a, a dry and baking day. Oh. Yes. Oh, All you right. should bring some, bring some muffins. It would be good. Yeah. You always <laughs> want to leave on baking day. I'll put some, uh, put some pork on your uh, pauldrons there, and you can... Uh... There you go. Uh, so, you... Uh, you get everything together. You got loaded for bear. You wave goodbye to Kronos and Estelle. Um, they're still like in a tizzy. Um, the five fingers sort of just watch you with smiles as you leave. And they're like, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Wadja tells you. Waves Wadja, goodbye. that's right. Um, and you head out. Uh, oh, oh, last thing before you head out. Um, I need to know uh, what spells, Onweir and Avaricios. I get to say Onweir now, isn't that as well? Oh. What our two spellcasters have memorized. Uh, I'll I'll go first. Give David more chance to think. Um, what have I prepared? I've uh, prepared according to you know just it, with our new death rules in mind. Uh, I'm preparing cure light wounds two times. <laughs> okay. No reason. <laughs> no no reason. reason at all. Sure. Uh, I'm also bringing silence and uh, my other level two. I'm gonna I'm gonna try out bless this time. Oh bless! No whole person. Okay. Ooh, all right. Dig it. Um, my my choices are are informative to the gang because two of them are new. It also occurs to me just now, I don't know how much of our lighting choice has fully converted to lanterns. I know, for instance, I only have a lantern. But sorry to, to rewind a little bit to purchasing, but it only occurs to me now that we may want to have torches instead with one of these spells. But, okay, so uh, uh, I have memorized... Uh, Cleophalus's look-away spell. I gotta use the new, the new goodies. Uh, and Cleophalus's look-away spell is a first-level illusion. It makes it difficult to pay attention to a target. Um, so when cast upon that target, uh, 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 basically, like, the target focuses away, like, as if something's, like, catching their eye in a different direction, yes. allowing you to be slipped past unseen. It's effective on 4 plus 4 HD uh, uh, targets uh, uh, and above four plus four, they give us get a saving throw. Let's see, R last two rounds plus one per level. Did I miss anything, John? On that, that was That's pretty basically pleasant, but... the, the key yeah. thing that kind of is, is like unsaid there is that, um, and I mentioned this to David in the um, and the on the tack on effects. Oh, Mega Dave, um, is the um, is the fact that there is no upper cap to the uh, the to the power of the creature that can be affected. They beyond four plus four gets a save versus spells but if they fail it they miss them as well um and that's that means that there is no upper level to that that's a key part of that spell right it can affect the most powerful creatures um they, their Ooh. eyes would just sort of slip slip off of whoever it's uh on so you could, you could hide from thoth <laughs> ah, thoth has eyes everywhere my friend why yeah, you gotta go to the extremes ted <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I mean, this this becomes an existential question of the game later on. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, so one, oh, wait, like wait. What, one quick question on that. Can, sure. can Onweer only cast that upon himself, or can he cast that upon someone else? Uh, I'm pretty sure no, someone I, else. That's what did you say? Sorry, I thought I was casting it upon the person who was looking away, not on myself sneaking by. Did I misunderstand I, that? I believe that's the case, yeah. I never I never did give you the official um, wording for this. Uh, David, I apologize for that. Um it is uh it the range is touched so it has to be the creature touched 
Um, oh, touched. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Ooh, maybe that's uh, a different choice. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it sounds like if it's touch, it's it sounds like it's no, 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 no. It's the, 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 yeah. Hold on. The spell yeah. makes it difficult for viewers to pay attention to the target. Yeah, oh, okay. So, so you catch so it on the person, yeah. And then there's a so little bit of fiat there too. There, there is um, there uh, for any creature that's above four plus four, the saving throw can be adjusted up or down based upon the circumstances and environment in which um, you're attempting to uh, to to disappear into. So, like if you're in a crowded like city street, it's like a lot easier to um, like right. the, like the creature would get like a major penalty to the saving throw, right? Um, gotcha. But if you were like but standing it, right in front of them alone yeah. then maybe get a big bonus you know what i mean yeah but but it's cool that it's it's versatile like that like you can you can do, cast on yourself you can touch somebody else in the party yes. yeah. does oh, yeah. it have to be cast on a person or can it be cast on an object creature touch so it must be like a, okay. a like a, a thing a, a, a living creature yeah okay cool uh, although it does say creature so it doesn't necessarily have to be it could be like an, someone undead you know what i mean i would think or donkey or donkey yep um david why were you concerned about light well Hmm. <laughs> the second spell I plan to memorize is called the Bracteros Effect, also first level illusion. I choose three light sources. Those light sources are invisible to anyone but those within a 20-foot sphere. Avaristos may be familiar with this. Um, uh, normal, uh, uh, so it's normal for those carrying it within, but it's masked outside of the radius. It lasts one to three hours plus one hour per level. So if we're carrying uh, it's light source, not torches. So we could do this on a lantern. Oh, that's great. Turns out. Yeah. So, but, so oh, if we want to have essentially a black light lantern, uh, I have a spell for that now. Three of them, in fact. But but it can ca- it can affect multiple light sources at one time? Up to three simultaneously. So yeah, maybe we should stock up on some extra torches then. That's what David was saying. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll buy uh, more torches then, John. Okay. Um, if that's all right. So uh, a bundle of six torches costs one gold, but that would be uh, what uh, two point five? Two point five, yeah. For six. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so those are my first levels. Yeah. We, should I move forward or no? Yep. Do you need anything else? Okay. Uh, just to rocket through this because I'm taking a while. Uh, second level spells to memorize: improved phantasmal force. Pretty normal. We know how that works. And a brain full of small spiders, <laughs> nice. which is a second level illusion spell. It creates the sensations of spiders on or in the subject's head slash brain. Uh, uh, Causing them to whip around trying to clear the spiders. Um, it, it is a negative one to all rolls and a half to movement. It lasts three rounds plus one round per level. And the range is 240 feet. So it's a pretty darn good uh, disabling spell. Uh, one say. thing that's important that you're going to like about it, David that I didn't re- give to you is that the area of effect of this spell is one creature per level up to five. Ooh. So you can you can affect four creatures with this. Um, and the range that's a lot is, of spiders. The range is fucking awesome on this one. It's 240 feet. So you can do it way far away without needing to. It seems like... Go ahead. You can affect most of the five fingers. There you go. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, given given we're trying to delve back down, I picked things that seemed like good emergency levers for us in Plunger Town. But uh, that's it. Cool. And are you bringing any scrolls with you? That's an important question. I have a scroll case. I'm bringing all the scrolls with me. All the scrolls are with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Okay. Uh, so you are loaded for bear. You are ready and you head out. Now, uh, uh, tell us what your goal is. Where are you going? Okay. So we talked a lot about this. So while we think that Garalad is, is kind of on the ropes, trying to figure out what's going on with his library, with his, you know, the people raiding, we know one thing that he was paranoid about the entrance that we learned about from the uh, somewhat crazy dwarf that we yeah. were in prison with, right? His name was Guelph. Uh, Guelph. Uh, of course, yep. my friend Guelph. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had talked about an entrance through the same caverns that Garalad seems concerned about that was off to the west, I believe, underneath um, uh, like a, a, an arena. A, a gladiatorial I, school. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's what I what's what they meant, mm -hmm. and um, so yeah, our our plan to continue to kind of uh, harass uh, Garalad and to possibly try to get some information about like what is he hiding in those caverns or why is he so interested in there? So we have possibly a bargaining chip or something to use. So we're going to try to um, uh, go down to the bridges so that we have a safe crossing, pass over and go out to the west to try to find this uh, uh, gladiatorial school and find our way down there. Amazing. Okay. Uh, I love it. So you, uh, if we were switching over to Albert here, um, as uh, all of you out there can see, the so they're they're going to have to head west. And the issue here is is that uh, the it's it's quite far away. The gladiatorial school is actually off the map. So it's uh, let me take a look at my own secret map. Hmm. Um, going off map, boys. Yeah, so it's somewhere like around here ish. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, actually, it's more, more like, like right at the edge, right around here, a little bit beyond this. Oh, that's too bad. We won't get to see the giant letters in the ground. Yeah. Okay. Now the Why Swift River. This. I'm sorry, Ted. Go ahead. So the city wall there. We have a tower circled in red. Is that the one where the setites were seen? They were seen. Yeah. Wait. You're assuming they are setites. You don't know. They seem to be robed, way. robed scholars that have, uh, uh, of some sort, that have uh, recently begun fortifying that tower. Um, have right. been seen talking to Isocritus, right? Um, and also have been seen talking to the Five Fingers of Destiny. Um, they have also been seen moving. Uh, uh, they've been moving easterly, like towards the pyramid. Um, and they, strangely enough, they have also been sighted actually moving south towards Crest Crest or Nisterest, Crest Torn You know the Dragon's <laughs> Tower. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's all, folks. Now the and Swift wait, River is aptly named. It cannot be crossed. Uh, uh, up here, right? So you know from your previous explorations before you decided to actually delve into the halls of, via the pyramid that the um, the river on, on its main channel is uncrossable, uh, but um, it is continues its uh, um, uh, uncrossable state on the left bank across where the donjon was uh, right mm -hmm. here. Um, it is a little bit more navigable on the eastern bank. Okay, uh, but there is no actual crossing point. But you think that it might be swimmable if you weren't wearing armor. Still a chance. It's not that exactly ideal. Um, the uh, but there's bridges. There are bridges now. So there is a sundered bridge here 
this right. bridge here, which you've actually gone across, um, goes only to this island, but there right. is no bridge off of it. Um, so there are the obvious choice, um, the, the, the quickest route basically would be to go over these bridges here. Mm -hmm. so, okay. so going upstream will not find us affording position and with any reasonable distance not within any that's correct yeah exactly okay didn't didn't we learn that there was a a boat an accessible boat within the river though near the end i remember asking ages ago was that was that a mistake uh, don't no there was I, a boat in that little lake i thought no i was asking about a boat specifically to traverse all of this back and forth to the elevator ages ago if there's not there's not it's fine there is, uh, okay yeah, there, there is no usable no boat. boat here. No, no boat. Yeah, yeah. So, can we pull one out of the sack? A folding canoe. <laughs> I, I reach into the boat and into the sack, and I pull out a little boat like this big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I put I, mean, I put it in the river oh. and wave goodbye. Oh, we got Mega David. Mega David. Mega David. <laughs> um, I need to figure out how to trigger this. So what I was trying to say was, no, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, okay, um, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you guys are nervous about going down there, I was just pitching a fording possibility, but I think that would probably be pretty difficult for us to do. Okay, I'm so why temper. don't we why don't we end the session with um, you telling yeah. me what exactly your route is going to be? Well, I say we. <laughs> follow the river and it'll give us an opportunity to um to check out uh if we could just sort of you know see what the status of the dalton's entrances and our secret hidden entrance and some other things we've seen or been to we'll just see what's happening if there's been any changes or someone's been poking around and then and take the two bridges yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's the, what I'm proposing. What do you guys think? Yeah. Follow the uh, river. I, I would definitely like to look. Just you know, just take. A, we're, we're not going in, right? But we can definitely take a peek to see if our, um, you know, our camouflage uh, is still exactly. in place over by yeah. our secret entrance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, we least. could still just do that one instead of the Garalad thing. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to ignore Ted for the moment. But, there, oh, but no. the, the question is, um, my, my, the other option, obviously, is the obvious route, which is the route that you've been taking, which is to, uh, but not as the crow flies, but safer, is to go um, you know, to the guards at the tower, go down the boulevard, hit the pyramid, and then cut directly across to the, to the bridges that way. Um, but you, 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 uh, but I totally get that you want to, you can cleave to the river. There's no chance of getting lost or anything like that. And you have all those sites that you could check out. Is, is that, is that what we're going to go with? That's totally fine. I, I like that. I think that sounds cool. Okay, cool. Once you cross the bridges, uh, once you cross the bridges, um, are you going to like, are you going to go directly West to the point where like, so, uh, let me get my little point here. If you look at the map for me real quick, this section right here is yep. basically flattened rubble and can it can be completely just passed over, right? Okay. So this would take a little bit of surmounting. This would take a little bit of surmounting. Um, so you can basically hop over the river and just go whoop like that and then head up to the gladiatorial school. Um, but if you wanted to go as the crow flies, there are there's the, the, the fortified tower where you know there are people there. Uh -huh. But there is a passageway through. Um, and there is also this um, this dwelling here, which you have um, 
you have seen from, I believe, the top of the pyramid is probably the most well-preserved structure in all of the ruins besides the pyramid itself for some strange reason. It's some sort of long house, like an Arcantian villa of some sort. Um, huh. So there's some interesting things on the way, uh, but uh, there also might be increased danger. Do you actually want to come in contact with people, that sort of thing? So, yeah. Do we want people knowing where we're going? Yeah, we exactly. do not. The, the, the we do question. not. I say we uh, come up this bridge and take this this straight road right across. We can check out that little column thing there, mm -hmm. uh -huh. cross the uh, the rubble, and then hug the outside of the wall, uh, trying to well, stay should, out of sight. Yeah, we should split off before we get too close to those towers, and they'll see us. But right, but I mean, like if we're walking out in open field, we're more spotable than if we're walking right along the outside of the the wall is there any reason we're not doing this at night because it's way more dangerous all right nighttime nighttime does incur uh, more uh, a, a, a large uh, a, a increased chance of random encounters um there's naturally. beast men about yeah. and baboons and, well, and goblins and you can't you've got to watch out for them all right yeah up to you guys don't forget that i can occlude our light sources if we want to uh not have those sources be seen by anyone around us i think so that's better we, we would travel through if we were traveling at night it would be pitch black is all i'm saying but i'm, I'm fine with doing daytime if, i was just saying if you're if you're concerned about being spotted or interrupted or any sort of thing like that 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 is a option i mean i don't think we need to get like wildly paranoid about us going to the gladiatorial school people are out exploring ardenvul there you know it's not weird for okay. sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, just go. for my, for my, uh, just so I know, are you are you actually planning to are you planning to like uh, for the first part of the journey stay on the river um, and just sort of take a look at those marked buildings, or are you actually going to like go investigate? I think just take a look and see if they seem disturbed, right? Like, gotcha. okay. we we didn't want anybody to find our secret entrance. Hopefully, it's still undisturbed. You know, just to okay. So, so we get a, a sense of what's been going on. So I'm going to, I'm going to move you guys forward just a little bit and we're going to leave it there. Okay. Just so we can start fresh at an interesting point. Okay. So you head out, um, and yeah. you, you immediately take that sort of worn path that sort of crosses across the rubble, like right here, right. Mm -hmm. Barely seen. Right. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, this is, you know, early morning. So you start out at 8 AM and I have all of the, um, Oh, what are you moving at? Are you moving at 90? I'm, I was assuming 90. All of my guys are 90. Uh, I'm 120 I'm, again, but... You know. Anyone at, at 60? I'm at 90. Okay. Y'all is... Uh, Y'all's yeah, 90. Okay, cool. So it's going to take you about... Um, moving at 90 is going to take you four turns to get to this bridge right here. Okay? I'm going to tack on one more turn because of your uh, just kind of quick checks at the other places. Um, but you can okay. easily see with a, with a cursory investigation that they do not seem to have been disturbed by any other forces. Oh, okay. that's great. Yeah. Um, so you, you move past. You do see that there is definitely like areas that have been trampled with many footprints. You're attributing that mostly to um, the vast majority of the footprints appear to have been goblins. Ah. Okay. Um, and there is a... Split? There is a smattering of beastmen as well, um, and uh, so we're going to pick it up that you you are actually able to 
stay along the river and you make your way down. You kind of look eerily over at the ruins of the donjon on its, on its massive river. You, and then past the, the, uh, the palace itself where, uh, Varger met his end, uh, from the from the plant up on the balcony. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, yes, and very have, have close. Have we martyred him yet? Is he a saint? He did save the party. Don't forget, everyone. It's true. Yes, he saint... only lived because Varger killed himself. Saint Varger does have a ring to it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Yeah, so saying a quick word uh, in remembrance over Varger is where you approach uh, the uh, the the bridge and the ruins of the colossal statue of Arden that once used to stand there. We'll pick it up with a with a reminder of what that looks like and uh, possible investigation that you might want to have over there um, awesome so right yeah we'll, we'll pick it up there um so that was what did i say five turns so that's going to be yeah. we'll pick it up around 9 a.m ish okay that's sort of that where we're at great. this time on the 29th of lagarios 9 a.m okay Oof, got a lot of stuff done right well you Amazing. learned a lot you learned a lot we'll put it that way that was that was awesome yeah, yeah. uh so yeah that was great good session again guys thank you so much uh, everyone, you've been watching 3D6 down the line. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Please spread the word. Um, let us know if you liked our new segments, the Delve Detoxes, the uh, Attack on Effects. And if you want to see more of that, any thoughts you might have about that sort of stuff, please let us know in what you thought about this episode as well. Uh, 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 spread the word, please. In the meantime, have a great week, and we will see you next time. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thanks, John.